Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. James Francis Bryan, Iowa. Sheldon Willis, Nevada Gaming Commission. Francois Pina, Captain of the League. Me, sir? I don't know who I am! I'm a botanist. I'm a Texas Ranger. I am a traveler in both time and space. Impersonating practically anybody. I didn't like their Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sine Waves, your favorite podcast all about Matt Damon, Hollywood, and the peaks and valleys of both's respective journeys, careers, yeah, let's existence. Say, let's say journeys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Hannah. I'm going to move. Currently leaning against uh, some of my co host Sean's papers. Hello. And you'll join us on episode 35, 36? 36, I Jesus believe. Jesus Christ. Um, Let me check that actually. I think it's 36. It I feel like it's somewhat disputed. I think it's very. Yeah, because yeah. it all depends on how you count like the bonus episodes and stuff. Bonus episodes and like if you count the, the short episode we did for the good old boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I do. Yeah. Of sine waves. Yeah, that ep- whatever number episode it is, yeah. that episode. Of episodes- 36. Of sine waves. Um, <laughs> I'll this- edit it in afterwards. 30. This week we are talking about. The Good Shepherd. The direct- Good Shepherd. Directed by Robert De Niro. Yeah, weird. Not a man who I knew actually directed anything ever. Directed two movies. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. he's another one. What's the other one? I don't remember. I just remember seeing it when I was hunting for this movie. Gang, the hunt to uh, try and find this movie. We've but- had a cursed experience watching this one. Yeah. I enjoyed the film. Yeah, I thought it I was did. quite good. I thought it was all right. It's about a like a CIA kind of one of the founders of the CIA doing some shenanigans. Yeah, a lot of shenanigans. A lot of shenanigans going on. Um, Matt's plays the lead. Other members of this class of this class of this cast include Robert De Niro in Robert a very Niro, small yeah. part. He's he's got fucked up feet. He's got diabetes. He's got diabetes. Eddie Redmayne as uh, a terrifying young man. A terrifying young man. Angelina Jolie as yeah. uh, Matt Damon's wife. Uh huh. Alec Who's Baldwin. Who's very sad all the time. Yeah. Alec Baldwin. Tammy Blancard as Laura. Shout out to Laura. Shout out to. I'll talk about that in a little bit because um, um, problematic queen. You think so? Yeah. Because she's an actress playing. A yeah, deaf because person. she is playing a deaf character and she is not deaf. I don't think that that's that problematic. Could have gotten a deaf actress. They need the work. Yeah, I guess. If Disney can find a, like, deaf amputee to play their deaf amputee character, then... Who's that? Or, like, not even a deaf... A Native American deaf amputee character. Uh, Echo from the new Disney Plus show. And I think Robert De Niro can probably find a deaf woman to play a deaf woman. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Billy Crudict, Michael Gambon, uh, William Hurt, Lee Pace... Lee Pace, yeah, King, yeah. what a guy um, from Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> from the uh, the Fall or whatever that uh, movie that was like big on Tumblr in twenty fourteen that was weirdly lost media for a long amount of time before Lee Pace got famous again. I'm not familiar with that one. Oh yeah, it's this weird. I think uh, fucking Jennifer Lopez is in it. Sure. It's this like weird kind of like dream sequence, like magical realism movie that like bombed hardcore at the box office. Nice. Um, uh, I have just discovered the one other movie that De Niro directed is A Bronx Tale. Yeah. A 1993 coming-of-age crime drama film. 
Yeah, that sounds like Robert De Niro. Yeah, like, he like, also stars in it. Yeah, uh, if he didn't, I would be shocked. Oh yeah, yeah. Joe Pesci's in this movie as well. Joe Pesci's in this movie. First yeah. time acting in eight years, according to IMDb. And yeah. who else? How else could we forget our our starring nice John Turturro? John Turturro, our guy. He was really John far Turturro. down on the building in this yeah. for some reason. Oh yeah, and Matt Damon's in this. We said that. Oh, did we? Yeah, I said ah, he was okay, the lead sure. of the movie. Nice. Sorry, I was too busy looking at Robert De Niro's yeah. uh, filmography and thinking about problematic casting of the film. Yeah, two deaf people in this film. Weird. Yeah, and Matt bangs both of them. Yeah, it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird through line throughout the movie. Yeah, the Matt Damon's character just is attracted to deaf women, I guess. I think it's not. It's not. I think the woman reminded him of Laura. Is how yeah, I read it. That's not how. That's not how I read it, and that my reading is correct. Men always telling women what they should think. Yes. <laughs> I will cancel this podcast right here. I will burn this building down. I will throw you out of a plane. Cool. Good luck finding someone else who's willing to watch all these movies with you. I've got a back catalogue. I, I don't. But yeah. It's- this movie... I was talking to Hannah about this beforehand, actually, because we watched this film together. We yeah. Had a, Hannah couldn't find the film. I'm pissed it, off about yeah, the, the film. because it was taken off Netflix, like, last week, right? So we recorded... We record weekly because we're just... It's just the way it works. Yeah. We recorded the Departed episode on a Saturday. On the Tuesday or Wednesday, I checked Netflix. It's been on Netflix for months, because mm. I've seen an advertised to me on Netflix, because it's like, you watch Matt Damon movies, so... Here's yeah. all our Matt Damon movies. So I went, oh, it's on this. Normally, if like I can't find the movie on, uh, ne- if it's not on Netflix, I'll re- rent it from Apple. Or worst comes to worst, I will check the library. Mm-hmm. And the library mostly has it, but it just takes a while for the library to get the DVDs in. I checked this on like Wednesday. It's there. I go to watch it on Sunday night. They've taken it off Netflix in that four days. Yeah. And it's because it was it was on Netflix. None of the other services had it anymore. So I couldn't watch this anywhere. So yep. Sean and I had to go to the high seas. Yeah. Which Sean always does. Which I generally do, yeah. Yeah. If it is, if I, if it is on like Disney Plus or something that I just have access to, I'll watch it on that. Uh, yeah. But. There's very few, I feel like you you never go out of your way to like, if it's an option of renting it for say $3 versus pirating it, you will just. I've rented a good few of these. Yeah. Yeah. You mostly rent off YouTube, I feel. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because I guess your TV's not, doesn't have the Apple thing. No. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's one thing that annoys me about our current uh, ecosystem of watching movies yeah. after we get out of the cinema. I guess you could say it's a valley in the ecosystem of Hollywood in general. Don't force the bit into... <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is something I think is a bad aspect of like, if something gets taken off one of the streamers, there's just no way to watch a movie. Sure. Which I know that you can make the argument that back in the 90s or something went out of like the DVD rentals or whatever. You know, if someone borrowed it, you couldn't watch the movie. But I feel like, I feel like it was... We have the technology now. We can just make shit available. Yeah. I think it should, I think you should be able to have like a constant library. You yeah. should be able to like support the people who make stuff mm-hmm. constantly because it's, we're completely able to do that. And we yeah. just choose not to for like capitalistic monopolist powers. Yeah. This is why it's always correct to pirate. Because mm. no. <laughs> then the artist is not getting paid anyway. Yeah, but in this case, the corporation's getting paid. Like, yeah, but anyway, the artist loses out. Yeah, but anyway, so may as well fuck the corporations over too while I'm at it. Yeah, but if you pay to rent it, then the artist is getting some royalties. Artist getting like maybe like ten cents off of that rent. I think if you do ten cents off the rent, but if everyone did it, then they would get the standard. Because if something gets like licensed to go in the rentals, also. This is Matt Damon and Robert De Niro we're talking about. But what about... I'm pretty okay with them not getting 10 cents from me. What about the little 
the little guys who are just doing it that aren't famous actors. So oh, they're not, they're not getting shit from this. They do, because that's what they get from the side contracts. I don't, I don't believe that for a moment. Mm-hmm. Sean's like, don't make me question my piracy ways, Hannah. I'm As I've already established, I'm always right. Damn. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> this is something Sean and I disagree about yeah. permanently. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. I'm just, I'll support our small independent artists and you can pirate. I support small independent artists in other ways. By buying comic books! Whoa! <laughs> now that we've stopped fighting. Yeah. Um, Big comics week this week. Yeah. I haven't got any of them in front of me right now because we sat down and watched the movie together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me see if I can get this off the top of my head. We had Hellblazer number two. Mm-hmm. We had Tenement number nine, the mm-hmm. second last issue. I know what's happening now. Sure. We had Animal Pound number two. We had Rise of the Powers of X number two. And there's one other one that I... Did you buy Six Fingers? No, I didn't buy Six Fingers. I'm going to pick it up this week, I think. Shit, there was another one. Which got... one was your favorite, Sean? That's an excellent question. Have you had to rank them in order? If I had to rank them in order? No, oh, don't. No? Don't. Uh, Tenement fucking rocked. Yeah. Um, Andrea Sorrentino has a very distinct art style, but every now and then for a comic, he will like do something really drastically different. Okay. And he does it in this issue of Tenement, where we find out basically like... What's going on? Yeah, we find out the, the backstory of the whole Bone Orchard stuff. And it's all to do with, like, Cain and Abel and shit. Uh, he goes from this weird kind of, like, almost uncanny valley, high contrast, almost traced mm-hmm. art style, to this gorgeous, like, renaissance painterly style. For, oh, cool. like, the first half of the issue, and it fucking rocks. Hellblazer was great. You go to New Orleans, hanging out on Bourbon Street. It's a good time. Hey, that's, that's, uh... That's familiar. Yeah, turns out that America's fucked, actually. That's probably not a problem. Rise of the Powers of X number two, fucking slapped as well. Oh, wait, I thought that was uh, meant to be... Is this the one that they're like, we're going backward, days of future passing it and going back and killing this person when she's a baby? Yep. The issue ends with them going back in time to do that. And we discover that of the like little group that is kind of surviving outside of space and time, because that's what the comic is about it's about like professor x and like a, a kill squad basically who have yeeted themselves out of space and time to fix all the x-men's bullshit that they got going on the only two people who know are him and cypher the guy who can talk to krakoa oh cool except it's not cypher it's mr sinister in a cypher body that he has grown <laughs> yeah um animal pad rocked as well Animal that's the one that's like based on Animal Farm, but it's yeah. set in the pan- Okay. Uh, in this issue, the animals are running out of food and they hold elections and everything is fine. Did the dog win? Yes. Yay. <laughs> um, and I can't... Oh! Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man number two is out this week. Great. Still really good. Uh, he is going around doing Spider-Man stuff. Was the Green Gablian? Actually. The Green Goblin is in it. it. It's looking like he's going to be teaming up with the Green Goblin because the Green Goblin is like fucking around with um, the Kingpin. Time magic and all that shit. Just big dude. Big big lad, yeah. Big, big lad. Uh, but one thing that's really fun about this issue is the, the series is actually following month to month. Like it's in real time. Oh, wow. So issue one is in January. Yeah. Issue two is in February. So he's been spider Manning for like three weeks now. He's been spider Manning for about three weeks. And he How has sore this, is his like, bones? Not at all. Oh. Uh, because he got spider powers. Ah, okay. Uh, but he's got this, like, plain black suit that he's kind of swinging around okay. in. And 
his daughter is like reading the newspaper in the morning or whatever. Is like, I don't like him. He's scary. Uh, and so he's like, shit, I need to change up my brand. No, not even that. He's like, don't worry, he's not real. And then he's like coming home. He has his first supervillain encounter. He fights the shocker and gets the shit beaten out of him. Um, and he comes home after. He's like, ugh. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And he's in the full costume and his daughter walks out into the kitchen and sees him. Um, and he's like, she's like, ah! Yeah. And the issue ends with him, like, he beats the shocker or whatever. Shocker. And he comes home and he's like, okay, that was a really bad fight. I almost died there. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Yeah. And he comes home and he sees that stuck on the fridge. His daughter has done, like, a drawing of, like, a little red and blue spider. Uh, I was like, I drew your spider. I, I love you. And he's like, ah, nah, I'll do it. I'll keep going. I'll keep doing it. I'll keep being a Spider-Man. Yeah, and he's going to go. I, he's probably going to be in the red and blue suit next issue based on that. It's, it's good. Who's going nice. to make his suit for him? Can, his, can Mary He do has it? like a fucked up like nanotech suit or whatever that Iron Man gave him. Oh, yeah, because Iron Man's being like, I know something's up. Be a Spider-Man. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah What's yeah. going on with the rest of it? Is there anyone else ultimating up the same um, way? Ultimate Black Panther has come out, which I need to read, but I just didn't get my hands on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another one of those cases where it sold out really quickly. That's good, though. Yeah, that's great. But one thing that I'm really interested about in Ultimate Black Panther is, from what I understand, it's about, you know, Black Panther, the King of Wakanda, fighting against Killmonger, who's, you know, okay. like a Wakandan revolutionary or whatever. But Killmonger has, like, a, from what I understand, a fairly significant, like, revolutionary faction built up already. Okay. Including Storm. Oh. So, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going to check that one out. I've heard yeah. really good things about the first issue. And then uh, Ultimate X-Men starts next month, so hype for that. Yeah. Yeah. Only one comic next week. Which is? Rare Flavors. Oh, cool. I'll yeah. go pick that up. And I get, I'll pick up the Six Fingers as well, probably. Yeah. I wish I read, I, I don't know, I wish I was more, I'm into comics, I realise I'm not, I don't think I'm into superhero comics. Yeah, that's fair, absolutely. Yeah. I think I just find the, um, you're going to laugh at me for saying this, I think find the way they draw women always just pulls me out of it. Oh yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know I've said read it. Read some stuff with female artists. Yeah, maybe. Read some stuff by like Bill Cusively and stuff like that. Super yeah. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Yeah. That's apparently very good. See, it's the fact that everyone's like, I haven't read it. I don't know. It's just a, it's a thing yeah. that I, because you are so hyped about it and so many of our friends are hyped about it and I go to sit down and read it and I'm just like, why is it all tits? I don't like them. That's allowed though. I don't like them. <laughs> Something I'm also fucking not liking is American Psycho. Yeah, you've been reading it, right? I'm like 270 pages in, it's 400 pages. Nice. I'm just so fucking bored. Like really? it's, Oh, Sean, it's it, the whole th- the tale. The art American Psycho is about this like psychopath who works in Wall Street. He's just very rich. Um, I say actually, I think I it's made me want to watch the movie because I say the movie is very entertaining because mm-hmm. it's Christian Bale and whatever. The book is just countless scenes of people going out to dinner, him reciting the everyone's outfits, being like, "It's a silk-breasted suit by Armadi. The shirt is this. The X Y D C." with like weird descriptions of food him like talking about like graphic rape scenes and then murdering people which is like fine but when you're on like a bus going into work you're like ah sure this is not (laughs) and like it's just it feels maybe don't read it on the bus going into work then well I have no other free time to read fair yeah Yeah, you can stop watching Matt Damon movies and then you can read during that time no (laughs) do you want to stop the podcast
I just did, I just did a bit there where I pressed stop on the recording and Hannah looked at me very seriously. I was like, "Do you want to stop the podcast?" Yeah, I was like, "No, it's you- a joke." <laughs> So I have a tummy ache. I've been, I'm in a lot of pain. Nah. Yeah. If I wanted to stop the podcast, I would simply stop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, no. It's one of those... I have a, One of my problems uh, in general is when I start doing like a task, especially like reading a book or watching a movie, mm-hmm. I'm very lapsed to quit it once I've like started it. Sure. So like I was about a hundred and some... I was about 40% of the way through this book and I was like, I'm actually just not enjoying it that much yeah but i've already put in this time so i want to give it like finish it it's like when we watched that fucking neil brain movie and how yeah, Harry and i was like your movie i was like i know i don't like this i just want to finish it now so i can say i finished watching yeah. it you know <laughs> yeah where i think like i don't know i feel like you're if you're not something liking something you will just i will just stop yeah yeah i will if i know i'm not going to like it i just won't engage with the thing because yeah, i'd fair. rather i'd rather not give it any time because then yeah. i feel like i need to I owe it to the thing to give it, like, my full time. Yeah, I feel like I'm more willing to try shit, and then if I don't like it, just not doing it anymore. Yeah. Well, like, if I'm watching a TV show, and I, like, watch a few episodes, and I don't care for it, mm-hmm. I will stop then. But, like, yeah. 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 Sean wishes yeah. he could do the same with girls. Yeah, uh, I, this is, we also watched this episode together. This episode was titled Boys, because it's got Shoshana's boyfriend and Adam Driver off on an adventure. Uh-huh. First time we've seen Adam Driver in a while. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's not doing very well. Ugh. He's fully back to, like, season one early Adam. season one Adam Driver. Yeah. He's, like, you know, living in his little one-bedroom apartment, apparently spending his time... Hammering Steal. nails into a piece of wood and then pulling them out again. Stealing a dog. Stealing a dog. Yeah, he stole yeah. a dog. His arc or his plot this episode, I guess, is um, Shoshana's. Hannah is looking. No, Shoshana's boyfriend lent Hannah a book. Lent him her Little her, Women. Yeah, his copy of Little Women, which his godmother like wrote a message to him in the back of that yeah. he hasn't read yet because he didn't read the book. Yeah. But well, it's like something that has like meaningful value to him. And he's like, I would like it back, please. And yeah. Hannah's like, no, you go get it. So go to this random person you don't know's apartment. Yeah. And uh, then they go on a little side quest. To Staten they Island. go on a little side quest because Adam Driver has left the book. Or no, Hannah left the book in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And Adam Driver never moved it out of there. And between them breaking up and now, Adam Driver has stolen a dog. Yeah. And locked it in the bathroom. Yeah. And it's freaking out understandable yeah so they go on a little quest to staten island to get the dog back to its owner and along the way adam driver is a dickhead and leaves before the job is done they kind of do talk the 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 shishana's boyfriend kind of does challenge him about hannah it feels like it's the first time that someone in in the show from what you've i've what you've described but also seeing it Someone's actually challenged hannah for all her bullshit yeah exactly which is interesting i think i think He's done that, like, once or twice, but it's always him, and he's always disregarded. Yeah. But it's interesting for someone to say that to Adam Driver's character, being like, why the fuck are you with Hannah? You he know? isn't with Hannah anymore. 
Yeah, but I feel like that's... She has a restraining order against him. Does she? Yeah, that's why she didn't go. Oh. Why? Uh, because uh, he's a psychopath. Yeah. She got him hit by a car, and was... he wasn't happy about it, and she got a restraining order. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. 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 How are you feeling about girls? Uh, this I episode is alright. It doesn't seem that bad. It's fine. Marnie, a lot of Shoshana in it. Lot of, not that much Shoshana. This is Doug Good. There's more Shoshana in it than there is in most episodes. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's not in the show very often. Really? Yeah. I guess you didn't want to over Shoshana people. Yeah, yeah. Marnie is, uh, or at least she believes that she is going out with an artist called Booth Jonathan, who is a dickhead. Yeah. And I hate him. Well, I feel like he's not going to be in the show anymore. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. Hannah gets an ebook deal. That's definitely, like, gonna be bullshit next episode, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, that's the thing, is there's so many points in Girls where, like, good things happen to Hannah for no reason other than... Plus. Other than it's Lena Dunham writing the show. Yeah. Uh, and it feels so, like, too good to be true that you're waiting for the other shoe to drop and then it just doesn't. See, like, I feel like... Because I know everyone's like, Girls is just millennial sex in the city. Sure. And I think the thing with Carrie and Sex and the City is, like, you know she writes the column, but you also do get the vibe that, she, like, she is working hard. Like, I know yeah. all we see is, like, Carrie going for dinners and walking around and shopping and stuff. And, and like, stuff. maybe tapping away on her keyboard. Yeah, but you do get the vibe that, like, they're my... just not showing you the interesting bit, which is she sits down and she writes the column. Yeah. And they just don't show you that because that's not interesting in camera. Mm-hmm. But they make such a point in Girls that, like, Hannah doesn't write yeah that like it's un- it's hard to just understand why she is like getting the, the deals people are like I'm- oh i read your essays and i'm like but where yeah because there's never kind of like discussion there's never like an episode of hannah going around like trying to get payment from a magazine that's two months late you know yeah and there's like um they do the thing is when she does write they do show it but it happens so infrequently that yeah. it's like come on what are you doing yeah because, like, I feel like that's an interesting... That would be, like, an interesting episode of, like, Hannah is making it as, like, a freelance writer. And, like, how awful freelance writing actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get that someday. I don't think you will. We'll see. I just feel like Lena Dunham got so successful weirdly so early on in her career. Because mm. I think she got, like... She made, like, Ashore film and then made Girls. Sure. You know? And, like, she's quite young in this really like i don't think she, i think she's our age yeah i think so that like i say she's trying to write about a character that would like it would be her if she hadn't gotten that kind of overnight success yeah so that she probably she, doesn't know she was born in 86 so this she's, came out in 2000 and uh 12 right 2010 yeah 2012 so she would have been... 86. So she would have been 28? Yeah, so she would have been a bit older than us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I did not I did not notice that. Um, I don't know. It's just... Yeah. Like, it's something... This that's... episode was fine. This episode yeah. was all right. I have found more evidence to, to fuel my conspiracy yes. theory that Lena Dunham purposefully writes sex scenes between herself and handsome men into the show so that she can film those sex scenes that seems because sexy. i found an interview because you mentioned in the last episode that there was some falling out between the girls yeah. and the leaves i went to and looked into that a little bit yeah um, apparently that happens at the end of this season interesting uh, the actress who plays jessa 
leaves and then comes back later on. Interesting. Uh, because Lena Dunham was just being a prick to her. Okay. Uh, but Lena Dunham does specifically mention in that episode, or in that interview you. even, um, how much she loved being held by Patrick Wilson for hours on end when they were recording that sex scene. Do they explain why she left and then came back? Uh, no. They, they say that it, she left because she just grew to hate Lena Dunham. Okay. Um, she, it does not specify why she came back. Interesting. Girls is an interesting show. You're going to be so happy to be nearly finished watching it soon, aren't you? I'm going to be so happy to be into the Dragon Ball era. I wonder if watching that many Dragon Ball movies back to back, you're going to lose your mind a little bit. I think I will. I think I will. When we, before we started recording, Sean did look at me and he was like, Sean, like Hannah, not Sean, because you're Sean. We had, you were like, I've watched three spy movies in a row. I feel like I'm not going to like this the, the move, The Good Shepherd, yeah. as much as I could have because I'm just burnt out on it. Yeah. I think you were okay. Like, you are I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to. Yeah. yeah, I did too. But I feel like Dragon Ball, it's kind of, Dragon Ball seems to be very similar. Uh, yeah, but it's a thing I like. I know, but it's like eating, it's like eating loads of chocolate. You yeah, know? but doing that once a week, I can handle that. Yeah, I guess, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I'll see how you feel in week 20. Yeah, we'll see, I'll see how I feel when we're, when I'm getting into fucking a resurrection F and shit like that. Yeah. Because if it was like for like six weeks, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. It's when it gets to the like, it's when you're like, oh, fuck, I need to watch Dragon Ball. I think it's going to be fairly loose. I'm not going to hold myself to doing it exactly every week. Yeah. Another thing that I've been watching is One Day, the new hot show on Netflix. Okay. One Day is a very, it's based on a book that was turned into a movie and now it's a TV show. Which is <laughs> sorry, I just I just typed my extra thing in the uh, in the media section into our little list, and the look on Hannah's face when she saw it. I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, but you 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 looked. What look did I give it? <laughs> you were just like, <laughs> I'm so fucking sick of the X Men show. I know it makes you very happy. I'm not going to talk about it for very long. I know. One day follows these two, uh, the, this couple that they meet on the day of their college graduation. He's very awfully posh English. She's from, like, I think Leeds. Uh, this is the most book talk shit I've ever heard. Well, it's from, like, 2009. Sure. But it's set, it's set in 1989. Okay. But what they do is they, it shows a day in their, the same day in their relationship over the next 13 years. Oh, that's interesting. It is interesting. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the first episode you're Like, watching, um, Four Sunrise? So before sunrise is the same day. So before sunrise, it's like not necessarily the same day each time. Sure. But it's like it's one evening, and then it jumps for ten years, and it's another like day, and then it jumps yeah. for it's like another day. Sure. With this, it's like it's always the fifteenth of July. It starts in eighty nine, and then each episode's like so it was like the next episode's like ninety nine, and then it's yeah. ninety one. So it's like a big nostalgic piece for the 90s and stuff. I'm watching it with my mom, and she's like, "Oh my god, I remember when this song came out and all this stuff." Hell yeah! It's just like. It's a great... Who's in it? Oh, there are two unknowns. Okay. Well, I say unknowns. The guy is in a minor supporting character in season two of White Lotus. And the actress I've never... I haven't seen her in anything before. Um, She seems very cool, supposedly, since it's like... It's come out. It's like the biggest show on Netflix at the moment. She's like, yeah, uh, they're doing a genocide in Palestine. Please uh, support. Ceasefire now. Ceasefire now. It's very fun. I like... Do you know what what I like about it? The yeah. longest the episodes are 35 minutes, and because it's a Netflix show, um, sometimes the episodes are 20 minutes. Ah, cool. So you can be like, boop, 
Nice. And watch a little bit of it. Uh, these the guys? Yeah. I recognize the dude from somewhere. I haven't seen White. him. Yeah, you haven't seen White Lotus. Uh, I, I've seen like the first couple episodes of Seasons. season two, but I haven't I haven't watched much of it. Have you met an uh, evil gaze yet in White Lotus? I don't think you have. I got I got to that episode and I got like called away uh, immediately before that happened. Yeah, no, he, he hasn't been in anything else I've seen. Damn, that's wild. He's just all over the internet at the moment because he's on sure. the biggest show on Netflix. Yeah, fair. Um, what else has he been in? Yeah, he's White Lotus in this. this. Is there anyone I recognize in here? Or someone from uh, Monty Python is his dad. He was in the Vampire Academy. Oh, um, Tim McInerney, is that him? Potentially. I don't think he's from Monty Python, but he's from Blackadder. Yes, he's um, Darling. Darling, yeah. Darling. Yeah. He's quite good in it. Oh, yeah, yeah no. he's a funny guy. Yeah, it's quite a... I like the show, it's fun. I got spoiled for how it ends, and I know the ending is going to make me weep if I cried. Oh, really? Yeah, it's going to be very, very sad. It's good, I, I recommend it. It's filling the 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 hole in my Netflix watching that uh, Gilmore Girls used to be for. Nice, yeah. You know? That that just kind of like brain off show. Yeah, but it's like Gilmore Girls got to a point where it was pissing me off so much I couldn't watch it. Sure. I don't know if you have. This... I, I've never watched Gilmore Girls, so. I oh, don't you know. would despise it. Oh, really? Well. I think you would find because so much of it is like uh, like I hate I hate the two Gilmore girls I think they're both sure. very annoying some people think they're like oh they're so twee and cool they're just fucking delusional okay um, but the interesting thing is everyone kind of yeah, around I'm them not, I'm not a big fan of twee shit everyone around them kind of acknowledges how delusional they are but then it sure. reaches certain points where it's like because we need to keep the drama of the show up they start doing stuff that feels so out of pocket Okay. That you're like, that actually doesn't make sense for your character anymore. Sure. And that's when I quit. It's when the main characters start doing things that don't make sense for the drama. I'm like, yeah, fuck this. Yeah. Uh, one of the Gilmore Girls was in... She was in um, the, third, the Third Wheel. She was in Evan Almighty as well. Cool. Or no, the other Gilmore Girl was in Evan Almighty. The daughter? Lauren Graham. This one. That's the mom. She was in the Third Wheel as well. Oh, was she? Yeah. That's my car. Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, she was one of the people at the party. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Give one day a watch. It's fun. It's brain off. There's a uh, pretty people and there's good '90s music in it. Hell yeah! I'm enjoying it because I'm me. Of course, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Something Sean's enjoying. <laughs> I need to be stopped. I feel like I'm very down on you so far. Nah, now nah, we're good. Don't no, worry good. about it. Has been. The X-Men animated series. Is this the old one or the new one? The old one. The new one is not out yet. The new one will be out on March twentieth. Which is days before my birthday. Oh! Yeah. So I'm probably going to be, I'm prob- yeah, I'm probably going to be spending some time around my birthday watching that. But I have been watching the old one just to kind of prep for that. Uh, I, and also you are uh, X-Men coded. You just like the X-Men. I just like the X-Men. Yeah, I just think they're cool. Um, I had previously sat down and watched the first two seasons. So I'm starting from season three. Okay. Uh it's fine. It's pretty good. It's a weirdly accurate adaptation of the comics. Like, there's shit in there that I would have never expected them to actually put into a, a cartoon for kids. Well, I imagine um, it's that thing of, like, a in the, like, 80s, kind of more shit was allowed to be on cartoons. Sure. Like, I feel um, like it was allowed, they were let. it wasn't kind of as kids glovey. 
Yeah. As yeah. we are now. Uh, I've just finished the Dark Phoenix saga. Okay. And they do make one change, which I think is unforgivable. Which is? Which is when Jean Grey becomes the Dark Phoenix and she turns evil and she goes around starting to eat suns and shit. She doesn't kill Cyclops? She doesn't kill anyway. Oh, More importantly, she doesn't kill the fucking broccoli people. Kids need to eat their broccoli. Yeah. Uh, she does eat the sun or whatever, but they make a point of being like, this planet that she destroyed was not inhabited. Um, I remember so when there the Broccoli no... People saga, there was one day on some server, Discord server Sean and I are in, that everyone mm. found out about the Broccoli People. Yeah, the Broccoli People of Dabari. And uh, it I just... Think, so they, they look more like Broccoli People, but I think in the comics they're referred to more as asparagus-like. There was just broccoli people all over that server for yeah, a week it was great. and a half. I yeah. was like, there was nearly as bad as Teeth Gang Day. Oh, Teeth Gang Day was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, uh, X-Men animated series is pretty cool. Uh, if you ever wanted to hear the worst Irish accents you've ever heard in your life, watch that show. You looking forward to the new series? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the new series. You were so down in it and then that trailer came out and you were like... Never mind. <laughs> um... I just want to shout out the bear. The bear. Very, very quickly. Because I went to sit down to watch um, see episode one of season two. Uh-huh. Uh, when I was in a lot of pain. I got dental work. I'm fine. But it's just my mouth sore because dental work. Yeah, I knocked one of her teeth out. So she had to get that fixed. That didn't happen. <laughs> I simply went to the dentist for the first time in a while. Because the yeah. plague. And they were like, oh, we needed to give you some very minor fillings. Because you're... As you get older, your body naturally starts to decay. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of my, I got dental work done, my mouth got sore, so it's just in pain. I'm doing fine, but on the Wednesday, I was just zonked out, tired, whatever. <laughs> I was actually the Tuesdays, I was coming off down off like the nerve blockers. Sure. I went to sit down and watch The Bear. Fucking Matt Damon poster. Yeah, there's a poster for... Which movie was it again? Rounders! Rounders, yeah. I think I sent Sean a voice note. Which you did, yeah. You can put it in if you want. Uh, I sound let me like see a, if I can find it. I sound like a crazy woman. It will be far easier for me to just put this up to the microphone and play it. Will I then. play it? Uh, I got it. You got it? Alright. Sean, 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 Sean. I'm watching the fucking bear. Turn on your TV right fucking now. Go to episode one of season two of The Bear. Go to about five minutes and 50 seconds in. He's right fucking there. He's right. Why does he keep following me everywhere, Sean? (laughs) I was coming off pain medication. (laughs) You don't understand how much of a... Like, why was he there? They're fans. They the love movie, them. Is, is that movie set in Chicago? I, I guess. guess. I didn't think it was, but it, may, it must be. Like, you know how like how horrifying it is when you're sitting there to watch the bear and then you're just like, is that Matt Damon? Yeah. And you're like, no, surely not. Why is your pristine rounders poster in the back of this fucking movie? It must be Chicago. There's no mention of Chicago here. I don't know. Yeah, I have. I, I no, it's New York. It's New York. It's I don't. New York, yeah. I don't fucking know. Uh, I did uh, then uh, start watching one day, and I haven't finished an episode of the Bear yet. But I'll get back to that Hell soon because yeah. Bear's good. Yeah, Bear's good. And Will Poulter is in it, so I need yeah, to catch. He's in it. Yeah, he, I, I find out him and Marcus do a lot of stuff. Together. Oh, they do. Marcus is the only person that Will Poulter interacts with. Good. I love Marcus. He's my <laughs> favorite have, one. They have a whole episode together. It's they great. Are- 
perfect. Yeah. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. That's what I deserve. Nah, my favourite is Ibrahim. Black Hawk Down. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the factions. Tell me about the factions. <laughs> Richie is not doing well so far. No, Richie is... Richie... Oh, Richie has... I think my favorite episode of season two. I know there's an episode where he like starts crying, singing in a car to like, is it Olivia Rodrigo or something? You'll find out. Yeah, I, I will get back to the bear. I can't say her name lest they come for me. Oh, that one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one who's currently in Australia? I don't fucking know. Uh, yeah. It's Taylor Swift. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. She went to the zoo in Sydney twice. That's a millennial ass behavior. Yeah. <laughs> um... Nothing else? Any last media? I feel like there is something else because I have in my brain that I watched a movie recently or I watched something recently that had fart jokes, people falling over, pretty women. Uh, I forgot about the list. What else was on the list? Uh, Fart jokes, men punching one another. Men punching one another was in there as well. Pretty woman. Yeah. Falling over. Falling over. I can't, I can't. I can't remember what the last one was, but it had the full list, and I hated it. Damn. And I can't remember what the fuck it was. Um, was it? So, it has been something in the last. Week. Oh no no no! Was no, it Grey's no, no. Anatomy? You know what it was? What? I didn't actually hate it. I thought it was mid. Mid, apart from about half an hour of content in it. Guardians, Guardians of, of the, the Galaxy, Galaxy Volume Three. Yeah. The bits with like Rocket Raccoon's backstory in that movie are great. They're really good. Everything else is just generic Marvel slop. You mean the the bits containing the evil Chris? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The villain in it is good. It's one of the best Marvel villains, I think. Which is the villain in it? The High Evolutionary. Oh, that sounds coded. Yeah, he's a eugenicist. Um, <laughs> oofy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't wait for the death of the MCU. Her web does connect them all. I haven't seen Madame Web yet. You'll get a detailed rundown of Madam Web. I'm having a big Madam Web night. Yeah. Have fun. You and Michael? Me, Michael, Molly, probably Connor. What? You will be invited. Oh, have, have Molly and Connor coached? Oh, Matthew will be there as well. Uh, it's just all the M's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this what you're doing for your birthday? No. No, no, no. My birthday is on... Uh... And with that, I think we're done with media. Yeah. Uh, guys, we're not gonna. Uh, I'm saying this from the offset before we start watching this movie. A, The Good Shepherd, a good movie, a weird movie that is kind of probably difficult to talk about because like yeah. a lot happens, but it's another movie that's kind of jumping between different timelines. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to talk about it. Yeah. Also, we just did a. We did such a long episode last week, yeah. and I don't know about you, I felt like weirdly hungover all week after doing that long record. I was editing that shit for eight hours. I the know. Next day. <laughs> I know, I felt really bad. Uh, uh, so this might be a normal length episode. Hopefully. We might aim for a crisp hour and 40 minutes. Let's go. Yeah. Which means we've got about an hour left. Yeah, to talk about Talk about this movie. Okay, so Matt Damon is playing Edward Wilson. <laughs> don't, do, don't do it like you're reading an essay. <laughs> <laughs> Matt the movie's about plays... the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, the movie opens with the Bay of Pigs invasion and it's a fucking disaster. Uh, and Matt Damon and John Turturro's characters are in the CIA at the time and they're like, okay, uh, somebody fucking talked. Somebody is a mole within the CIA. Yeah. We got to find out who it is because nobody should have known <laughs> that we were going to be at the Bay. Yeah. And that's... That's kind of the... the... 
it's one of those movies which I sometimes I understand why movies do it, but I don't love it as a framing device. Sure. Where they show you a they show you a the the big scene A that happened late in the timeline of the character's story. And then they go back to like the start of the character's life and kind of runs through it, but then they keep jumping forward and back. Sure. Because I think sometimes it can be quite confusing about when events are happening, you know? Sure. I think sometimes it works better like if it's like there's big differences in time. Like say, I don't know, I haven't seen The Irishman. I don't know if The Irishman does uh, The that. Irishman has big gaps in time. Yeah, but like, um, do they go, say, to like the 60s and the 50s and jump backwards and forwards? Or... It's been long enough since I saw The Irishman that I don't really remember, but I'm fairly sure they do. Yeah. See, sometimes I think it can work, but I think a big problem with this is that they don't like age up Matt enough in this movie. Yeah. there. I think the, the use of like context cues in the, the like time jumps made it fairly comprehensible to me at least there was just one or two times i was there like, are a couple of times where it doesn't really work yeah yeah generally what they'll do when they're jumping from one time to another is they'll have like uh like black and white like archival photos yeah. of the time period yeah and then there'll be one shot at the end that's clearly not a photo and is clearly just like a recorded shot that's been filtered black and white yeah. that will like fade into color and then yeah. the scene will continue. I feel like when it jump, the times it doesn't work super well, it's when they jump back forward to finding out who the the, the mole is. Yes, yeah. That absolutely. is when that happens. Yeah. You're like, oh fuck, okay, because yeah. the the tone of those bits are still quite similar, especially later on when he's properly in the CIA. Yeah, I would say like it's not it's not like a I'm not going to score the movie like badly on its report card for it, but mm. it's just one thing about. The timeline stuff I found oh. slightly difficult. Don't worry. Don't bonk the table. I'm not going to bonk the table. You did. I bonked it once. It wasn't intentional. I'm not a jumper. It's cold. Apologies for the table bonkage. But he, like, comes home after the Bay of Pigs is a fucking disaster. They, showed the they first... know there's a mole. They know there's a mole. And he finds a, 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 like, a little envelope. envelope. A little manila envelope. Yeah. Containing a bunch of pictures of some dude fucking... Actually, the very first scene of the film is the, the, is um, the dude fucking. And we just assumed it was Matt Damon. We thought it was yeah. Matt Damon for half an hour of the movie. Yeah. And all they were like, who is this person? And we were like, oh, wait, he's oh, not. Oh, it's not him. He's yeah. not getting blackmailed. Yeah. Uh, and like a recording of audio of them fucking. I don't, um, it's, no, it's like them, the woman speaking more so. And it's yeah. been edited, they've said. They yeah, say. it's been heavily edited. So you can't hear who the other person is. Yeah. And then we jump back to, like, the 30s or something. Yeah, I say, like, 35, 36. When Matt Damon is a little baby boy in, in college. In Yale. In Yale. And Matt does drag. Matt does drag! Yeah, he does drag! It's so good! <laughs> when the Matt starts doing drag, um, Sean was confused, and I was like, yep, I went to an all-girls school. Same shit as always. Yeah, no, we didn't, we didn't do... We, we, didn't, see, we didn't do musicals or shit in my school, yeah. so... We were poor. Alice was also poor. Not poor enough to not do musicals, apparently. I mean, musicals aren't expensive. Yeah, they are. Not if you don't put costumes on. Fair, yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, not if your costumes are, please bring clothes in from, like, home. Sure, and, yeah. And uh, we're just going to do a dance number at the top of the school hall. Fair. Yeah, yeah and, like, listen to a CD. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Matt does drag and is immediately confronted afterwards by a bunch of guys in suits who are just like, skull and bones, yes or no. And he's like, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. 
uh, and he is inducted into the Skull and Bones Society. Society. A real life cult. Yeah. Fucking crazy shit going on in there. They naked mud wrestle. They naked mud wrestle. We don't see Matt's cock. Were you looking out for that? Yes. Sean. We have to see it in one of these, surely. We saw, we got to see something similar in um, Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he does get pissed on, which I did he not He does get pissed for. on, and he isn't happy with either. No, uh, the person, whoever did that, needs to drink some more that water. Was, was that not Lee Pace? I, that was Lee Pace. Lee Pace, you need to drink some more water. Yeah. Uh, Lee Pace is in this movie, also from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Did uh, we not say Lee Pace? Oh, we did. Yeah, no, we did. I'm just uh, bringing it back up, because it's been a little while since then. I think you already said that he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no, I did. Why is this the bit for this episode? <laughs> I always, anytime an MCU actor comes up, I always specify, oh yeah, them from MCU movie? Or from terrible DCEU movie? I actually, I, I'm so scared for when we get into the superhero movies. We only have to do three of them. On this series? We'll see about the next one. Perhaps an MCU movie or two. Perhaps not an MCU movie at all. We'll find out uh, next year, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Matt gets inducted into this like cult. Uh-huh. Uh, and at the same time, he starts kind of seeing a woman from college. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this is here... This is Laura. Laura, which we looked into it because... The way they meet is so funny. It's very funny, it's, I think. It's funny, but it's also like, oh, this could be like very offensive if, yeah, if yeah. depending on how it's handled. And I think it's handled quite respectfully in the movie. Yeah. Where she's like just there's he's studying in the library, he's doing English or poetry or something, and is in his final year at Yale. He's doing poetry, yeah. Because yeah, Michael Gambon is his poetry professor. Poetry thesis advisor. Thesis yes. yes. Uh, imagine having one of those. Ha ha ha, uh, imagine still being in college. Imagine having to do a thesis. How's that going? It's going. Yeah, it's happening. She's like messing with a pencil and Matt's like, oh, excuse me, excuse me, could you stop? And he's, she's ignoring him. Yeah. He kind of grabs the pencil and is like, you quiet, please. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm deaf, I didn't hear it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was then, like, oh. Yeah. And then they start chatting. Yeah. Yeah. And this is when you have a problem with the fact that she's I'm not a deaf actress. Yeah, I would have preferred if they had a deaf actor playing a deaf character. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. pretty good. She's like... Yeah. She's a good actress, but get it together, Hollywood. I think they've gotten it better now. Yeah, they definitely have. They definitely yeah. have. It's one of those things that like, I think now, now we're, we're much better as having those conversations and being like, why don't these people get to play these roles? Mm. That like, I think now it's malicious, but back then it's more just careless yeah if that makes sense sure it's like how you know how in the last of us the is it henry who was the um the kid the kid yeah like that that actor was deaf but then everyone set learned sign language so they could Hell communicate yeah, with cute. him I which is great yeah so you know yeah do better 15 20 years ago <laughs> 18 years ago 18 years ago 2006 yeah uh no that's not allowed it that's is bad. no it no. is 18 years ago yeah can't be What's wrong? Nah. You don't like it? Nah, I don't like it. That was like 10 years ago. No, it wasn't. Yeah. 10 years ago was 2014. No. No, it wasn't. The first Avengers had come out. We'd done our junior search. the second Avengers might have come out. We were doing our junior search. What? That's terrifying. That we're that old? Yeah. One thing I've been having a lot of fun with actually over the last couple of classes I've been teaching is like 
giving students um, an exam paper to do and then being like, yeah, I did this in my leaving cert. <laughs> and they were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he starts kind of dating. This yeah, woman they start this... going out. Yeah, and it's like, nice. They're, they're cute together. Yeah, it's an interesting bit of this movie, this kind of, this kind of bit of it. Where you're like, oh, see, we know it's, he's going to end up in the CIA, but it's seeing how he kind of gets into it. Yeah, because he gets into it in pretty much entirely through Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones and... Because his uh, thesis supervisor is a Nazi. Yeah, his thesis supervisor is a Nazi. He gets confronted by Alec Baldwin returning for the second time. Yeah, his... Alec Baldwin's back. Alec Baldwin shows up in the, like, Bay of Pigs timeline as well earlier on in the yeah, film. Yeah, he's in the and FBI. He's, he's in, like, old man makeup, but... The makeup is so heavy that he can't really move his mouth much. No. So it looks really weird when he's talking. The makeup in this is like... That's what I mean. Like, I think I think the aging is a bit weird in this movie. Because... Yeah. Like, you can... T- you mentioned it when the film started that, like, they have really heavy aging makeup on everybody. Yeah. And Hannah was just like, oh, it's because the rest of the film's going to be in flashbacks to when they're younger. Yeah. Yeah. And... Instantly, that's what happens. Yeah, like the like the next scene, it flashes back. Yeah, but then it's like I don't know if you notice it as well. They start toning down the aging makeup as they they get closer. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's, it's so it, there's a scene where it's like, oh, it jumps forward again, maybe like three years, and Matt looks the same between scenes, but it's yeah. because it jumps forward like there's like about a five year time skip midway through the movie, and I feel like then they kind of stop doing the aging makeup. Yeah, yeah, but he joins Skull and Bones because a. Oh, sorry, he joins the CIA because A, his, he's kind of been asked by some of the, you know, because he's in this thesis, Michael Gambon's thesis class, and he's being, yeah. like, a Nazi. And Michael Gambon, who, like, uh, I didn't recognize until he started talking, and then immediately I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just Dumbledore. I think like, I, he just wasn't putting on a voice for that, he just sounds like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was like, there's Michael Gambon, and you were like, yeah. huh? And, I was uh, like, and then he said something, he was like, oh, yeah, because I didn't recognize him without the big beard. Fair. Yeah. He's he in another movie we've done for this podcast. I think I saw him in something. Yeah, I don't think he's been in any of the Matt movies. He was in no he was in a movie I watched independently with Clive Owens. Um Bash One that's based on like an Agatha Christie uh movie. Sure. Yeah. I'll think about it some other t- during it and, Oh, he uh, died last year. Yeah. Damn. Sorry, yeah. Rip. R.I.P. Michael Gambon. Yep. Good, good in this. Yeah, good in this. How his character dies later on. His horrifying. Oh yeah, his character is great in this. He's very I'm, fun. I'm, I was really. The good I was twist. on the I was on the hook with him. Good twist. Good twist. Good yeah. twist. Uh, we'll get to that later though. Yeah. So he's asked to kind of investigate Michael Gambon because Michael Gambon is sympath- a Nazi sympathizer. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's kind of getting more involved with Skull and Bones. He's dating Laura. Everything's kind of coming up. Matt Damon. Yeah. And then Angelina Jolie walks in. Yeah. He goes to like a Skull and Bones dinner thing. Yeah. They're like some annual dinner they seem to have. Mm. Which like, I know Skull and Bones is a real society that like has existed and the whole stuff about it is like real. Feels made up. They call them, the fact they call them Bones Men is, that sounds like a joke. That sounds like. You know, <laughs> bone man. Can we talk? Sorry, we didn't talk about his initiation into the... Where he mud wrestles the guy and no, he has to he... tell a secret. Well, yeah, his secret he reveals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or he reveals that um, he talked to his dad before his dad killed himself. But also everyone thinks his dad died in like a weird gun accident. Yeah. That, but he stole his dad's suicide note. Yeah, and didn't let anybody read it. 
fucked up. Yeah, and I guess that's enough to be allowed into the Skull and Bone Society. If you find... If, if, Sean, if my father, who's never allowed to die, but he died if I was a child and everyone think he died in this bizarre accident on the 4th of July. Yeah. If I reveal to you, no, my father killed himself and I covered it up age five. Yeah. Would you let me join your cult? I'd be like, if you're able to successfully cover that up at age five... You're probably competent enough to cover some other shit up. So yeah, come on in. Join the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, do you want to quickly run through Angelina Jolie's filmography? Because. Sure. I think we haven't really seen her before. Yeah. She's in, one of her very early roles is a film that I love. Is that in Girl Interrupted or? Nope. What movie is that, Sean? So, uh, Angelina Jolie filmography. Angelina it's Jolie. not her first, is it? No. So, 1982, Looking to Get Out. Never heard of it. Nope. 1993, Cyborg 2, uh, Angelina and Viral, and Alice and Viral, which are both short films. Never heard of it. She plays Angelina and Alice. Okay. I guess. Uh, but then in 1995, in one of the greatest movies this ever made she played acid burn in hackers banger film do you like i've never seen i love hackers is hackers good or is it just kind of s- stupid i love hackers okay so it's st- stupid <laughs> like uh, it feels like a classic 90s cult movie it's a big sean movie um n96 without evidence love is all there is mojave moon foxfire Nothing really big, I think, until 1999, where she is in The Bone Collector and Girl Interrupted. Girl Interrupted was meant to be great. Yeah. Ah. Then 2000, Gone in 60 Seconds, a banger. In 2001, I think the one that really shoots her off is uh, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. I suppose she's in something called Original Sin on Letterboxd. I don't know if that exists or not. In 2001, yeah, yeah. she is indeed. With Antonio Banderas. Damn. Fuck yeah. I feel like, um, really, I think we think, <gasps> I think we think Laura Croft is the movie she's known for. I think Ro- The Bone Collector is a big movie. Sure. Like, I think that's a big, because Denzel's, Denzel's in it. Denzel's in it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Queen Latifah. Like, I think that's one of those classic, like, 90s thrillers. Yeah. The same kind of vintage as, like, um, oh. Oh, Michael Rucker is in that. Stuff. Yeah. From Guardians of the Galaxy. Then she's in the two Tomb Raiders. Yeah. She's in something or life or something like it, which I've never heard of. I uh-huh. think she's a bit... Well, no, she seems to be the lead in that. Yeah. Then she's in, like... Then I feel like this is kind of when she gets into a weird part of her career, because, like... This is the peak of her career in 2004. You think so? When yeah. she's in fucking Shark Tales? She's in Shark Tale and she is in Sky Captain and The World of Tomorrow, the two best movies ever made. You ever seen Sky Captain, The World of Tomorrow? No, is it bad? It is crazy. It stars uh, Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Angelina Jolie. It's like a... It's like a and Michael Gambon. Yeah. It's and like, this fucker from... Um, uh, oh, from... <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that guy. Uh, that is the most yeah. 2005 cast I've ever seen. Uh-huh. So it is like a, a diesel punk movie. Okay. Uh Almost 100 digital artists, modelers, animators, and compositors created the multi-layered 2D and 3D backgrounds for the live-action footage, while the entire film was sketched out via hand-drawn storyboards and recreated as CGI animatics. Is that uh, one of those movies that they made it in 2005 and they had CG and it was just 
it looked bad because it was 2005 CG that if they made it now it'd probably be okay. So this was one of the first films to be shot almost entirely on green screens. Okay, so it's, um, so it's an art project, not a film. It's very good. Is it? Like, is it like a lost masterpiece? It's a cult classic. Like, is it good? Because it has a yeah. terrible it has a terrible score on it just, Letterboxd. It's just because it looks weird. Is this the way you love Titan AE? When yes. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. This was doing something completely new, and I think it kind of nailed a lot of it. But uh, I also haven't seen it in years, but I, I really loved it when I was a kid. I rewatched it early in college, and I liked it then as well. Okay. So it's not just a pure nostalgia. It, could, it is probably like grand. It's not like a yeah. last masterpiece, but like, it's like an interesting curiosity of the time. Uh, it has a 64 on Metacritic. It's got a B- minus on CinemaScore. It's got a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it's got like... a 2.8 on Letterboxd. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm that's like... like a... That's like a... Almost 50%. No, it's over a 50%. Yeah. It's, it's like, like a, a 60. 60. It's like... No, it's 56. Hmm. Which is pretty... Most of the movies, you know... This is just the general masses giving it... Like, yeah. the average is like a three star. It's a cool movie. I'm sure it is. I'm not... I haven't seen them. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. I'm just saying... But back to... Back to Angelina... Angelina. But I know you're saying, oh, this is the best thing she's done because you like the movies. Yeah. But I think culturally, for me anyway, it feels like she's famous because she's John Boyd's daughter. She never, does, never mind. Her. She does good, girl, like Girl Interrupted and Bone Collector. Does some weird, like, she does a lot of weird shit. Like, she's yeah. in the, the Bobby Z um The Bobby Beowulf. Z Beowulf in 2007. Yeah, that's what I was about to bring up. Yeah, she's in Alexander. She's which in Kung is, Fu Panda. Yeah, she does voice work. But she's in that, the Alexander movie with Colin Farrell, The Bombs. Yeah. Jared Lee does in the movie, didn't know that. I feel like her career really kind of takes a dip after Maleficent. Um, I would say, this is my thing. I don't think she ever, I think her peak years are for uh, between Mr. Hey, and Mrs. Hey Smith Hannah. and Salt. Hey, Hannah. What? You know what she was in in 2021? Oh, she's in something crazy. What? She was in The Eternals. I know, Sean. I'm very aware. This is what Your I'm favorite guys. I know. This is what I'm trying to say. I'm looking at this. Yeah. Algernon Jolie's been one of those people who's been famous my entire life. I don't know why. Looking at this yeah. filmography. Yeah. Like, that's the point I've been trying to... It's because she's one of the most attractive people on the planet. Yeah, but it can't just be that. Yes, it can. Well, no. But oh, she is also quite a good actress. Like That's what I mean. But like, where is her like amazing movies? Yeah. Now, I will say the, the there's a movie here that we have not talked about that I love that she's... Maybe I'm going to... Mr. and Mrs. Smith? No. Is it... No? Is it her or is it someone else? She's in some movie in like 2004. Not The Hours. But like, there's a bunch of... Like, her turn her kids and it's really creepy. It's not Changeling. I might be getting... I'm getting confused with um Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Ignore me. Okay. Right. That's a great movie. Nice. Um, but just looking at this, like, okay, I know she's Laura Croft. I know she's in the, all these kind of, like, I I was a, a nerdy kid in the mid-2000s, so, of course, I love Angelina Jolie movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, putting this nostalgia aside, I can't see why her, like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, Angelina Jolie movies, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of, like, weird franchise stuff that she just happens to be the kind of, because she's the most attractive one up alive. That she is in, yeah. you know. Besides Mr. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Smith is watchable. I like it. But sure, I've never seen it. I Apparently, like, the new show is quite good. I feel like half the fun of Mr. And Mrs. Smith is 
it's Brad and Angelina fighting and kissing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone loved them as a couple at the time before yeah. everything happened. Uh, but Angelina's really good in this, I thought. She is good, yeah. It yeah. is slightly a thankless role, I think. Definitely, yeah. Like, she's playing the, like, distant at first, like, unfaithful wife who then, when her husband comes back from the war, is, like, uh, like seeks his kind of, like, love and attention again. Yeah. And she's, I thought she was great. I thought she played it really well. She plays the kind of, her role in the movie is this kind of, like, whirlwind at the start. And then she kind of settles yeah. down. And I think the way her kind of playing that, like... The first scene where they meet. Yeah. Where she's just like, we're fucking now, I guess. Yeah. When she's like, um, it's at a bonesman kind of meeting. Yeah. You're like, oh, I totally believe this. So this could yeah. happen. This yeah. is how this, this couple gets together. Because as even if you're watching it, you're just put like... You're like, Matt's not into this. She's just kind of doing it out of a weird, like... um. Like, her brother is in the Skull and Bone Society, and it's just like a and her fuck dad's you to her family. Yeah, it's a complete fuck you. She's like, I'm just going to get with my brother's, like, best friend. Yeah, and she's talking to him like, I, I, like I'm like i here looking for the perfect husband. Are you the perfect husband? And, and he's he... like, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're watching it, and you're like, guys, don't get together. And, and then they do. They, But it's like a complete shotgun wedding. Yeah, because it's fully like they hook up on the night of the Bonesman party, and he just goes back to Laura. Uh, to Laura and they're like going out or whatever. And they're hanging out on the beach and Clover, Angelina Jolie's character's brother, shows up at the beach. Yeah. And he's talking about it. It's like, she's pregnant. Gotta do the right thing. Gotta do the right thing. And then it cuts straight to their wedding. Yeah. Um, before then, there's also some other kind of stuff, which is World War II starts. Yes, World War II starts because he goes to a jazz club with Laura yeah. Which I thought was a fucked up thing to do, because, like... I don't think it is. That's a wild date to take a deaf woman on. Well, did you see the bit where she's like, why didn't you bring me to the party? They were meant to go to a party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I was... John and I were kind of talking about at the time. I sort of understand if you're on a date and you want to actually talk to the person... Yeah. Doing it in an environment that she could, like, see, like, be able to, like read your lips and understand what you're saying yeah I feel like it's probably easier than like a big party if like people are talking and stuff and there's like a big crush but that's sure. just me I yeah i just think it's hilarious to bring a, a, a deaf person to like a music venue especially for jazz which is like yeah you know not much singing or anything in it so she can't see the lips yeah like what's the worst place to bring some a deaf person to I feel like when they, I don't want to get into. I feel yeah. like we'll get cancelled if we get into that. Because I think that. them going to the movies is worse. Because she, well, she can see it. Yeah, I guess. But but back then when they did like the, the news reels, and it would be that like everything was explained over. Sure. You know, yeah. and subtitles weren't. But who things? gives a shit about the news reels? Me. <laughs> I like the news reels. Well, you don't show up in this movie until later on. That's so cruel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Russian spy. We'll see. But yeah, they get married. I feel like we're skipping over a lot. I feel like we are as you well. You are. You're skipping over Michael Gambon no, getting kicked out of Yale. Yeah, I feel like I'm skipping over all of the CIA stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting though. Yeah, it is. It is cool. No, yeah. you're right. It's just because we got onto Angelina Jolie and I was kind of following This is what that. I mean. Like, it's one of those weird movies to talk about because... There's a lot of... There's just a timeline skipping. But there's also, like, his personal life, which is quite messy mixed with the um and it's kind of mixed in with the cia stuff because like yeah. the the whole 
movie is like he's really good at his CIA job and he's kind of terrible at everything else in his life. Yeah. I think one thing that like it's a, it's a hard thing about the movie because it's it's not it's not one on one based on a real guy, but it is like inspired by by an actual man, by yeah. an actual man. And the um, Skull and Bones Society is a real thing. Yeah, I say a lot of the events that the movie is depicting are real events, but it's probably sure. just one of those like we can't, for like national security reasons, imply that like a former director of the CIA killed his husband's fiance because she was a Russian spy. Matt Damon would never do that. But the real life dude, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's it's probably stuff like that where it's things they're suggesting, but they can't be like, this is a direct story about this guy. Yeah. Because then they will be sued for liable up the wazoo. Hell yeah. Uh, it was kind of a... I, I, I think it's just one thing about the movie that is a little... I, I enjoyed it, but it's kind of like... It makes it a bit difficult to go through the plot of the movie. Yeah, it makes it... It's fun to watch it, but it's one of those, it's difficult to talk about it in this kind of way because a lot of it is just like... Men in suits talking about, like, CIA nonsense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. After... After uh, he kind of gets Michael Gambon kicked out of Yale, he goes to Skull and Bones, meets Angelina Jolie, they get married. Yeah. It's also heavily implied that Michael Gambon really wants to fuck him. Mm. They do kind of state by the end of the movie that he Michael Gambon was, like... Oh, yeah, no, they do, they do explicitly state that he was gay. Yeah. A scene I really like that we've kind of not talked about is when Matt and Laura, after the jazz club, go to sleep together. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's like, an that's, interesting scene. Yeah. Because, like, they basically are going to, like, kind of consummate their relationship. And she does this mm. big thing where she takes off her cross. And they're, like, she's like, oh, turn down the lights. And yeah. they're about to kind of, they're making out. And she's like, no, I changed my mind. Yeah. And he keeps the cross. And I'm like, ooh. I think it's just that she forgets to bring it with her. No, I feel Because like he does go to bring it back, but then he sees the lights go out and just, like, she's gone to bed. Maybe. I feel like it's them making... Her making a point to take it off before they're about to sleep together. Sure. And then her choosing not to put it on is, like... I think that means something, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, because her doing it and then being like, actually, no, I changed my mind again. Uh-huh. But not putting it back on, I think, is, like, you know, weird Catholic guilt. Mm. Maybe I'm just reading into it. Um... A lot of Catholic uh, slander in this in this movie. Yeah, they do talk about the mix a fair bit in this movie. Yeah, and they do talk about uh, other other ethnicities in far less charitable terms. Well, we can't <laughs> make fun of those ones. We no, can only make fun of the Irish. To. True. Yeah, so they announced World War Two has started. Uh, they don't sleep together, and then he meets Angelina Jolie. Yep. And at um, the wedding, as we've said, he kind of gets drafted or called up or something. He's kind of... A, yes, he's, go, he's going to London. He's going to London. He has kind of been asked to join something. He meets Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro's like, thanks for helping us with Michael Gambon. My feet hurt because I've got diabetes. diabetes. Too much sugar in my piss. And my blood. Yeah. Um, he has kind of asked to join this like new organization that's like the precursor to the CIA. Yeah. Um, and... Her, you do. The, is it the OSS? Yeah, the OSS. Yeah. There is a weird thing they mentioned that like Angelina Jolie's brother joins the army and Matt Damon joins it with him, but the brother's gone off to like serve in combat. Yeah. As like a fuck you to their dad, who's a senator, because their dad is in like the America First kind of society. Yeah, he's like an American isolationist. Yeah. yeah. Like this thing, like this is where you can kind of tell it's a movie that's based on real people. 
Because I do sometimes throw in the, these weird kind of these like... These weird little details that don't go anywhere. Yeah. That are clearly just based on something that actually happens. So they're like, we kind of need to include it to like explain, give you kind of like a background seasoning. Exactly, yeah. So he goes off to London uh, to be trained by like MI5, I guess, in mm-hmm. the ways of like covert dark arts. Yeah, he goes... Tradescraft. Yeah, he goes into like... Um, uh, tailor. He goes into a tailor and gives him this whole like coded like yeah. suit order and then it's brought into the back. And uh, Alec Baldwin is there, right? Is it Alec Baldwin who's there? Or is it William I think Hurt? I uh, it is William Hurt, I think, yeah. Yeah, because those two characters... I, I, I kind of found it a bit difficult to distinguish between those two characters. I didn't, but... Sure, yeah, it's just because you love Alec Baldwin so much. I think it's just I, rec- I know him so well. Mm-hmm. And I think I found him being... I think you had stepped out of the room when they kind of explained his role in the movie for a bit. Which is like, oh, had he, I? Well, he, he meets him early on. He's the one who asked him to inter- to investigate Michael Gamble. Yeah, and with he's the like, hat, yeah. Yeah. Even before then, he kind of... he's He meets him outside one of his lectures. Oh, okay. I must have missed that Yeah, part, he so. meets him outside yeah. being like, hello, I'm with the FBI. I want you to research one of our people. Sure. Uh, because you are like in his thesis class and we get the feeling we can trust you. I am friends with William Hurt. Yeah. I'm also a bonesman. Hell um, yeah. Shout out to the bonesman. Shout out to the bonesman. Um, I want to be a bonesman. No, you don't. <laughs> you would you would despise everything about the Skull and Bones Society. Yeah, true. Yeah. Except the mother wrestling. <laughs> Sean, you had the option of playing GA as a kid and you did not take <laughs> I it. I did play GA when I was a kid. And? I, I played it. Did you like it? It's fine. Yeah, I had fun. Did you wrestle? No. Taekwondo instead. <laughs> Oh, Sean. Uh, I didn't take notes during this, so I am going off the Wikipedia for the, uh, the, the like, where we are in the plot. I remember. Uh, who, who is his um, trainer in Tradescraft? I wonder who it could be. It's Michael Gambon. We were like, oh! I was like, oh, shit, he wasn't a Nazi. Yeah. He was in deep cover with the, um, <laughs> the what was it called? The Germans American Society. Yeah. And as... Uh, when he gets into, like, reintroduced to Matt Damon. He's like, you blew a two-month operation two for... Year. Two years. sorry, operation for me. Like, Good. like GGs, but whatever. Uh, I do like, think he I'm was gonna... like he was very he was kind of like nice good yeah job. he was like yeah well done well done and uh, he basically is trained in the art of counter espionage counter intelligence yeah because I... the Brits are really good at that which it is it is something because I quite like I, I before we started to watch this movie we were talking about it yeah and I was like oh, I do I think this might be based on a, on a John le Carre novel or something and yeah. you're like who the fuck is that Hannah John le Carre is one of my dad's favorite writers mm. so. I've watched a lot of John le Carre movies. Nice. Um, that whole thing is about like tradescraft and stuff like that. It's not that, it's not John le Carre, I don't think, but it's a similar vibe. It's like the whole Cold War, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah, because they start really getting into the Cold War stuff later on. Yeah. Them. I think it is, I like the bit where it's him getting kind of trained in the whole spy counterintelligence stuff. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it, I wish kind of the movie spent a little bit longer showing you the various bits he did. But it's because it's yeah. kind of doing this story of this man's life. It, yeah, it's already it long really enough. They kind of don't really have the time. Yeah. Um, uh, but then fucking Billy Crudup. Shout out to Billy Crudup. Yeah. He's like... You know who Billy Crudup dated at this who? time? Claire Danes. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Carrie. Carrie herself. <laughs> Homeland has been added to Disney Plus. So I might... 
Let me know when you get to season four. It's been a long time since we had a com- uh, Homeland ramble. Oh, it's because I had to take a break because I got watched so much of it. When I, had <laughs> yeah. to- I watched two seasons in a week. Yeah. And I broke my wild. fucking brain. <laughs> um, I also just don't watch as much TV anymore. Yeah. Because I'm too busy. Um, uh, but Billy Crudup shows up and he's like, hey. How did you think Billy Crudup's English accent what English accent was? Pretty good, I thought. I yeah. thought it was solid. Considering he's like from south, down south. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's like, hey, this uh, this Fredericks guy, Michael Gambon, he's been he's been pretty uh, indiscreet about his choices of partner. Because he's gay and also he's been banging spies or something like that. The, the implication I got is that like, but there's a lot of stuff. There's about 15 minutes when he's over in London. Mm. Um, kind of before it's got the, the implications like it's before America invades or joins the war proper yeah it is yeah yeah, and it's like you can't really be trusted he kind yeah, of learns that a, like the, the, the British thing, yeah sorry, the thing ahead. that De Niro says when he's setting the whole thing up is like uh, America aren't involved in the war yet but we will be because we like can and should yeah Um, the whole kind of lesson from this point is like or the whole stuff when he's like getting trained by the British counterintelligence. Yeah. It's like, don't trust anybody. Don't trust anybody. We're going to be friends, but we will all betray you. Yeah. And how he's kind of, the, the finishing point of that is he's basically told by Billy Crudup to be like, we're like retiring Michael Gambon because he's been indiscreet and he could get blackmailed and we can't have that. Yeah. And, he's going, and Lee Pace is there as well. Yeah, because Lee yeah. Pace is kind of... Lee Pace is another guy who's in the Skull and Bones Society. He's the, the master of secrets in the Skull and Bones yeah, Society. Yeah, secrets and orders. Yeah. You kind of get... The, the, the movie isn't great at communicating what exactly the OSS like leadership is. I yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really communicate very well what each character's job is. Yeah. You're kind of just left like the implication you get is like William Hurt's like high up, and then it's like yeah. Lee Pace, which I think for a, which I think for a spy movie works. Yeah, I kind of like it in this. I think it works. It's just like because you're not you're not really focusing on the formation of the CIA or anything. You're just kind of focusing this one dude. Yeah, and you know? like the things that he has to do at any yeah. given point. And I think it's another thing because the organization of it is kind of intentionally cryptic, so mm-hmm. that you know. If someone gets blown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think I think not really having a strong idea of what these guys are doing at any given point is kind of kind of cool. It I is like kind of cool. It's just surprising when you have the scene where Michael Gambon is like, all right, I'm getting put into the cold. GG's, I'm tying my sheer shoelaces, Matt Damon. Yeah. And then he walks off and you see Billy Crudup and Lee Pace appear and you're like, why is Lee Pace here now? Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of dudes stab... Uh, Michael Gambon to death and you hear the most horrifying screams the screams are ever so fucking good heard. they're so good it's oh ghoulish because he's like he goes to it willingly and he's so chipper and it's that very kind of typical spy kind of going off to die yeah. scene but then they actually just start stabbing him to death and, and he's, he's like screaming and he's like oh I'm a human being who was, a, who was being murdered of course yeah. you would, you couldn't help it yeah. and Matt kind of rounds a corner and yeah, just yeah, yeah, like, he like stands there listening to the screams for a second then he like runs over to try and do something and he just sees them like dump him into a canal yeah great great scene great I think, scene I think best scene in the movie yeah yeah 
And then when you do kind of a flash forward of like five years, um, yes. you find out Matt has a boy. They call him Edward Jr. Yeah, he calls him Edward Jr. I like that a little bit as well, where he's on the phone to Angelina Jolie and like it's during wartime in it's London. during the Blitz or something. Yeah, so like the, um, the, the phone connection keeps cutting off and he can't really get any messages through. I, I like that. Yeah, it's interesting. The whole bit where it's kind of him training up in Blitz London's like, there's a lot of very cool scene dressing and stuff. Yeah, it all like, looks very, like, 40s London. Yeah, like, there's a bit where they go down to an underground shelter and you see yeah. all these, like, beds and stuff for the night because people are, like, obviously are just going down every day yeah. because it's uh, the Blitz. Yeah, I then, believe it was the, the communists who organised that. No, it was the anarchists who organised that. Oh, the beds? Uh, just going into the underground for shelter. Really? Because the government didn't want to allow it and then the anarchists started just doing it and people started following them. I did not know that. Yeah. Wait, what were people meant to do then before that? Die. Oh. Just... Uh, yeah. I feel like now that's such an obvious thing of going to the underground. Yeah, it yeah. is. And the government were like locking it up and the anarchists rocked up and were like, we're just going in there. Churchill. Yeah. Was it Churchill? Or... It was Churchill, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. We do a big flash forward six, like jump, we kind of jump forward six years. So it's the end of the war. Yeah, and he's in Berlin. He's in Berlin. Yeah. Um, in t- taking part in Operation Paperclip. To- yes, to, he's like identifying Nazi scientists who they want to get so the Russians don't get them. Because Alec Baldwin has this big chat with him. Yeah. Um, where he's like, all right, war's over. Uh, we won. We dropped yeah, the big bomb. We dropped the bomb, so we're kind of on the up now. But the Soviets are scooping up scientists left, right, and center from Germany. So they're going to have the bomb in like 10 years. We're going to try and delay them as much as they as we can. So we're just going to get all these Nazis on our side. They says a very funny line. And he's like, they conquered half the world without shooting a gun. Mm. And I'm like, a lot of Russians died yeah, in World they, War II. Yeah, the Russians like, very much did shoot a lot of guns during the war. Not to be a, you know, a Russia defender, by all means. Like, no, no, don't like those dudes very much. Fucking a lot of Russians died in World War II. Yeah. Like, triple the amount of Americans that died, if not more. Yeah. Like, they were so cold in Stalingrad. <laughs> This, uh, this like, little post-war bit does introduce my favourite characters in the movie. We didn't mention that John Turturro appears when he's... Oh, yeah, John Turturro is here yeah, as well. He's, yeah, he's his lackey. They meet in London. Yeah, it's but a very John, funny scene. John Turturro has actually been working for intelligence for, for a lot... five years. Yeah, for a lot longer than Matt has. Mm-hmm. And Matt has just kind of been given a managerial role just because he knows guys in the Skull and Bone Society. It's like me in my job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like me in my possible uh summer job nice 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 uh but we'll see yeah john Turturro is just there he's not particularly happy with having to work under matt but they you do kind of see them they do have a bond they do they do get a bond and they do like that that kind of animosity between the two of them like is like ground away over the course of the movie they kind of respect each other i would say yeah but Turturro definitely does not trust him fully at any point no no um, um, understandable because Matt's kind of a freak all the way through. He this really week. is, yeah. It's very. Good. Let's talk about Matt's performance very, very briefly. Uh-huh, he's great. He's pretty good in the movie. Um, it's just a weird. It's a weird. He's playing a weird dude, so he gets a weird performance. I would say exactly. Yeah, like the guy that he's playing is very like cold and kind of like almost emotionless a lot of the time. Doesn't really emote. Exactly. That's yeah. Kinda, it's a, a. It's a lesson in unemoting. Yeah, but you can like you can still get vibes from him. Um, yeah. There's one scene in particular. I can't remember which one it was. Um, it'll come to me at some point. But I thought he. I thought he did a great job of you like. 
being able to tell what was actually being said without it being said. Yeah. No, never mind. Are you thinking of a different movie? I'm thinking of Girls. I'm thinking of that scene in the episode of Girls where uh, wow. Adam Driver is asking uh, fucking Shoshana's boyfriend to go on the, the trip with him. Anyway, back wow. to this movie, actually. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, you are exhausted today, aren't you? Also, my brain don't work. Just kind of generally. I don't know what to say. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nice. The, I think something that's interesting is he calls his brother. He's talking to his son. Yeah. And you find out that uh, his wife's having an affair. Yeah. Uh, and I, then he also has an affair. With Hannah. With Hannah. Uh, Didn't like this bit. Who is like the translator that he's working with to Op- like paper, talk op- to op- Operation Paperclip guys. Yeah. Uh, and she is deaf. <laughs> and that's like the first thing that he like notices about her as well they kind of have a if scene. she has like a hearing aid in yeah. and he's like oh what's that and she's like oh i can't hear from this ear he's like oh you can't hear from that ear sean that's so is so interesting. funny is this when sean was like he's just into deaf woman yeah and i kind of was like i was playing along with the bit and then i thought about it after the movie ends and i was like oh no it's just because it reminds her him of laura which is the same thing her entire character is not defined by the point she's deaf, Sean. It is to Matt Damon. Four. I have no counter to that. I don't know how his mind works. Um, but he, he finds out Angelina at Jody's having an affair. And he's yeah. kind of like, well, I will. I will guess I will also have an affair now. Because, yeah, because I'm sad. I'm sad. And it has been seven years and I found out about my wife having an affair because my child offhandedly mentioned it to me. Yeah. My child did not think to not mention it to me. Yeah. Um, this woman seems nice. Fuck. She's deaf. She's a Russian spy. Yeah, she is a Russian spy because he see like She's after talking they, to him. After brush- they after they bang, she's like talking to him. She's like brushing her hair or whatever at her mirror, and he sees that she's left her hearing aid on the table. Yeah. Um, and she's like Facing that ear towards him. I thought it was this year she was deaf in. She's oh, deaf yeah. in this year. Yeah, it was. So unless we, so it's either she's deaf in both ears, but she can hear on the, in this year she has the hearing aid in. Which yeah, maybe that's it. I think that is it. Because yeah. she does say that... Um, For some reason I thought she was only deaf in one ear, but I'm not she sure. She does say that like within a year or so she'll be fully deaf. Yeah, okay. So it must be that she can hear a little bit in the one that she had the hearing aid in, but... The other one's fully deaf. Yeah. But she isn't wearing the hearing aid and she is still communicating with him. And he's like, ah, shit. Okay. It's not a hearing aid. It's a recording device. She's a spy. We gotta, she's gotta go. Then he goes to a church. He goes to a church. And, and you meet, meet your favorite we guy. We meet my two favorite guys. Ulysses and his Ulysses and, and his large uh, lackey. <laughs> I... I wish we had more of uh, Ulysses' lackey and John Turturro interacting because that, that's, that's a movie I want to see. You just like a large man. I just like a lackey. A movie of lackeys is Sean's favourite movie. True. Yeah. Um, you meet Ulysses, who is Matt Damon's kind of counterpart in the KGB. Yeah, Ulysses is the code name that the Americans use for him. Yeah. And we do learn here the code name that the KGB use for Matt Damon. 
Every time they said the word mother, me and Hannah were just like, mother! <laughs> That's a joke that'll pay off in season two, don't you worry. The I, I really like this whole KGB kind of like tip for tat stuff that's going on in this part of it's the movie. It's very fun. I really like the relationship between Matt and Ulysses. I it, think it's really cool. It's It really feels, it feels very John le Carre. Yeah, because they're, they're meeting, um... They're meeting in a church and they both send their lackeys into, like, the confessional booth. Uh, because the deal is that the Russians have, like, a bunch of... Jewish scientists. Jewish scientists who have been, like, freed from concentration camps who mm-hmm. they've got. And they're like, we're willing to trade these guys for these Nazi scientists that you have. Yeah. Here's a list. Yeah. And while this is all happening, uh, Matt and Ulysses are, like... Chatting. chatting in the church and uh, it's very fun I yeah think. it's a very kind of yeah something mad like, mad is like ulysses is that for the myth or like the, the book ju- and yeah. the guy's like hey and he doesn't answer yeah yeah i it's it's i think it's some it's that's what i mean by the, like it's the most lacari because like in the kind of famous three lacari books so take a take the first of them they're called the clara trilogy where you find out that the main spy is kind of the main character of all his books has a nemesis who's in the Russian KGB. Oh, cool. Called Clara. Nice. And, or Clara, something like that. I can't I'm probably... Sure. Just, yeah. And I was just like, oh, they're doing this now. Cool. <laughs> and then they just start, like, doing covert ops in one another and it's really funny. It is, yeah. It's like, it's very, like, back and forth between the two of So them. the next kind of major op that happens is uh, they're like... The Russians are, like, sidling into this, like, mine... No, the, the, ma- the next major op that they do... It's U- about the Ulysses, coffee! Ulysses is having a pot of tea. Well, no, I say that's not... I don't think that's a major op. That's yeah, him. but we gotta, we gotta say that this happens, though. Okay, fair um, enough. Ulysses is having, like, a little pot of tea. Yeah. Um, and he, like, pours his, his, his cup and he hears something rattling inside. Yeah. And he opens it up and it's Hannah's hearing aid. Yeah, they've because they've killed her. Because they have killed her. Yeah. After this, before then, I guess we talk about the the major op. He goes home. He confronts Judy, um, Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie yeah. Angelina Jolie now long doesn't go by the cute nickname they had. Yeah, when they were she teenagers. doesn't call herself Clover anymore. She's um, Margaret. Mar- Margaret. Margaret. Yeah. Um, and we, we meet, meet. We meet Matt Damon's child, Edward Junior. The child actor is the most Kubrick starey motherfucker I've ever seen. That's a terrifying child. Poor child, and he became young Sheldon when he grew up. No, what? he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Ah. No, he didn't. No, I was thinking that he's too young to be young Sheldon. Uh, he does come. He does look. I can imagine young Eddie Redmayne looking like this kid. The fact I that Eddie was, Redmayne is his son is yeah. it just it another Kubrick Terry man. Another Kubrick Terry man. Only like six years younger than Matt Damon. Um, really? This was the Matt Damon trivia fact last week. What the fuck? Yeah, that's, that's the weird. That's the weird thing about this casting. You could like. You could fully just kind of cycle through the same, like, five Matt Damon trivias and it would take me maybe, like, maybe, like, five, six episodes to notice. But, uh... I'm dedicated to my art and Matt yeah. Damon trivia. <laughs> um, uh, Eddie Redmayne. An ac- or, no, we'll talk about Eddie Redmayne when he actually shows up. Yeah. But, yeah, I can, again, this is the point in the movie that, like, it does... It doesn't, like, weirdly slow down. It is kind of... Because I feel like the jumping back to post Bay of Pigs and the pre Bay of Pigs 
they've done a bit of jumping, but like I feel like now yeah, the jump, they, most, they start doing the jumping way more frequently. Yeah, so most of the jumping back and forth that actually happens with the, the post-Bay of Pigs timeline is basically just then, Matt yeah. going to the, like, uh, video and audio analysts and then being like, yeah, we've been working on it, we found this thing. Yeah. It's um, like they're just clearing, the, cleaning the photo more and more. Cause exactly, like, yeah. There's a lot of, like, noise in the photo. Fi- they find that it's in some kind of, like, tropical country because they can see the, like, shadows of leaves on one part. Yeah. They can hear, like, the sound of a fan going. Yeah. The image has, like, a little bit of the fan so they can specify the brand and they, shit like, like this. They, like, clean the noise so they hear church bells. So they reckon they, yeah. they clean it so they find a clock. Like, stuff like that. Like, it's interesting stuff. I think... And something I find so interesting about Spycraft back then. Yeah, is how analog everything is. Yeah. Yeah. But there there is I think the main parts of the the like actual process of uh cleaning this all up that are important are number one, there's something on the like the bedside table, table that they can't figure out what it is. Yeah. Like the image is just blurry enough that they can't really tell. And any, like, enhancement that they do on it just kind of makes it a little bit more blurry. Yeah. And they, they, they just can't figure it out. Um, yeah. They do eventually figure out that it's in, like, one of two countries. That's at the very end, I would say. That's, that's at the very that's end, That's kind of when the, yeah. they stop doing the jumping. Yeah. They so find, I say we'll do they, the... Rest, they, yeah. They isolate the sound of planes going by. Yeah. And, and they, they can figure out that it's planes taking off by, yeah. like, the change in frequency or whatever. So they narrow it down. And that's kind of all you get from the jump forward. There's not a yeah, lot of jump forwards. It's probably... We do find out from the jump forwards that Matt Damon's son grows up to be in the CIA. Yeah. They do show you something where he talks to him very... Like, in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Um... But the majority of the movie is spent on that kind of pre-Bay of Pigs time before it kind of catches up. Yeah. Um. So I guess, like, the kind of next major thing that happens after he goes home and he has to be a conversation with Angelina Jolie is he just ruins an ecosystem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. This is the most petty evil shit of all time. This is an insane it's thing It's so 1950 CIA. Yeah. Because there's this coffee company. That the communists um, are working with. Yeah. And the Americans are like, nope, can't have that. And so what they do is... On a biblionic the, plague. Yeah, the b- biblical. Biblionic plague. You're thinking of the bubonic plague. Biblionic plague. Biblionic plague. All right, let's go. Um, I did misspoke, but I think it was they, funny. Yeah, they fucking... They drop... On, on the day that, like, the there's some big event happening. There's some opening and, like, a big kind of, like... Yes, we are. This coffee company is working with the communist regime. They drop planesfuls of locusts. Of locusts on the farm. Yeah, and it's like, what the fuck? Fucked. Yeah, super fucked. But then Matt gets a package. A finger in the mail. Yeah, they, he gets like the finger with the. Um, we we see before the pl- the plague when they're showing us this kind of um yeah they should they show us who the like guy on the inside that they have in the coffee company is yeah and he's like shakes Matt's hand Matt looks at him and is like oh you should take off that like class ring that you have while you're down there because you and, will die because yeah because they'll kill you and the the package that he gets is a coffee. tin of coffee from this company uh, and John Turturro's like opening it up really carefully with a knife he's like is this thing gonna explode is this poison he's like kind of messing around inside it with the knife to make sure there's nothing hidden in it and there is something hidden in what's it. In it what's in it Sean it's the guy's finger with the ring still on didn't like how brown like how discoloured it got from the coffee 
It was like blue. Yeah, freaking yeah. out. Didn't like it. Yeah, that's what happens when you cut off a, a limb. It changes color. Won't well, ever happen to me. We'll see. I guess, yeah, like the weird thing with this movie is there's about an hour in the middle where it's fun to watch, but mm. it is just kind of watching spy games happen at each other. Exactly, and, yeah. And Matt's marriage falling apart. Yeah. Because... And that's what I mean about Angelina's... Oh, yeah, and also Angelina's brother dies. He he dies during the war. Yeah. um, In Burma. It's one thing about... That's annoying because, again, it's based on, like... It's a, you know, spy movie in the 1950s. And Angelina Jolie is playing a wife. She just gets, like, kind of mad that he is a spy and, like, leaves him. It's, like... Yeah, pretty much. It makes sense because he's... She's, like... It's more because... He's a workaholic. And He's a workaholic the- and he cheats on her several times. Eh, he cheats on her she twice. Did cheat, she did cheat on him first, in fairness. Yeah. I say, but I think she is getting... She she starts to lose her mind and be like, for fuck's sake, you don't actually care about us before he reconnects with Laura. Yeah. I true. would say. Yeah. It's just like, it's it's not... Angelina Jolie plays it very well. It's a problem mm. with these movies. It's a, it's a trope of the brand where the wives are always written that like it's a interpersonal conflict that they get pissed off with their husbands are spies yeah true and are like you're distant and keeping secrets from me mm-hmm. and like there's a point in the movie where she starts telling people her husband works for the CIA and he yeah. very rightly is yeah like, she tells her neighbours and he um, very rightly is like you can't do that yeah and we do find out later on that the neighbours were in fact Soviet spies yeah and she's like you can't speak to me that way and I'm like honey you are in the wrong yeah it's like, you can't tell people that your husband is in the CIA. Yeah. They'll die. And it's just, it's, again, it's not her. Like, Angelina Jolie plays it well. Yeah. It's just a thing with these movies. It's that, just like, the writing of it. Yeah. Than, it's just, it's yeah. a trope of the franchise, the yeah. genre. Um, but we got to talk about the Christmas party. Oh, the Christmas party. Happens the same night? Or they just... No, I don't think it, ha- I don't think it actually happens the same night. Because the, uh, the locusts thing happens on the same night as she tells... About the CIA. The neighbors about the CIA. And they are but like... But she's wearing the same dress. But they are like civil at yeah. the at the Christmas party. So I'd imagine at least some time has passed. They go to a because Christmas... Because she's so angry at him when that happens. Yeah. They go to uh, fucking William Hurt's Christmas party. Yeah. Robert De Niro's there. Robert De Niro's mm-hmm. like, democracy is failing if we set up the CIA. We need... Yeah, we need oversight. Please, God, don't let us... Don't let whoever runs the CIA have all the power. And you just see Lee Pace and Will Hurt being like... Yeah, being like, hmm, mm-hmm. but what if? But what if? Uh, <laughs> what Shad, if it was us? Shad, I, we didn't forgot to say it in the Departed episode because we were just too giddy. Yeah. A shout out to Alec Baldwin scree- like hugging a man going, I love the Patriot Act. Yeah, the Patriot Act. <laughs> Which is, yeah. Um, but what happened at this Christmas party, Sean, that you want to talk about? So at the Christmas, there's a very special guest at the Christmas party. Santa. Santa Claus himself makes it to the Christmas party, the real one, and not the one that's played by the 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 guy in um, Santa Claus. I can't Tim Allen. I forgot Tim Allen's name. I uh, forgot for the bit. Yeah, Angelina Jolie's there to like a little baby Eddie Redmayne, not played by Eddie Redmayne, but played by like demonic looking child. Um, Poor go, kid. Go go talk to Santa. Go go talk to him. The kid sits up on Santa's lap. I don't understand why the kid does this. He's scared. Stop laughing. It's so funny though. It's not funny. I think it's, it's very upsetting. very funny. He pisses on Santa's lap. He wheezes himself. 
I think it's really sad. Surely the thing that happens a lot. Yeah, I'm like, sure it is. John, it's going to be so funny when you have to like have like small children in your life in terms of like you, like your family's kids or like your friend's kids. Because yeah. I feel like if a child like this happened... A child that you cared about this happened, you'd be like, oh no. I'd be like, <laughs> kid pissed himself. <laughs> Not cool. No. No. Damn. Uh, Stop bullying that baby. Don't bully that baby. But yeah, there's there's a, there is a very sweet little scene with Matt and the kid where he goes and like cleans him up. And you do get the feeling Matt. Matt, Matt does, does really care about this kid. Matt does care about the kid, but I think the the man just doesn't. Obviously, because he, he witnessed his father's suicide when he was roughly this, the kid's age. Yeah. Like, he's, like, six when the dad dies. And he's in the CIA, so he's got such a, like, mindset of secrecy about everything. He just kind of doesn't know how to be a proper human. No, he doesn't. Is the vibe. Mm. Um, but he has this nice scene with the kid. They all go and sing. Robert De Niro was like, about uh, <laughs> democracy, I guess, in the background. Yeah. And then this is kind of the point where it's, like, CIA machinations start. Because we start getting yeah. some... We start getting some turncoats. Yeah, we do. Uh, we get uh, our guy. Mm-hmm. Fucking, what's his name? Valentin Miranov. Yeah. Who's a high-rank KB, KGB defector. Yeah. Knows about Ulysses. Him and Billy Crudict are like good kind of pally not. He gets given a copy of Ulysses by yeah, Billy Crudict. Another thing with Billy Crudict is his like thing is he, is, we find this out fairly early on mm-hmm. in the film is that his biggest kind of, like, fear in all this CIA stuff is that he winds up being so paranoid that he can't have any friends at all. Which, understandable. Yeah, absolutely. Especially this vintage of the CIA, I feel Yeah, like. definitely, Like, I feel like yeah. now that you'd be like, yeah, I can have friends. No, I don't know if you still could. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess because the Russians are still rushing it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the, the Chinese and the North Koreans rushing it up. Rushing it up. Um, but I guess the thing that's like it's so scary about because um, I was saying to John when we were watching the movie the thing that's kind of the freakiest about um, that kind of Russian intelligence oper- apparatus is that it started so before the war that they would kind yeah. of they would plant you know they would kind of get people to defect in the 1920s mm. when they were in college and then they would just kind of work their way up to uh, very high ranking but they always had that kind of connection yeah. So it's not like, oh, this person was an agent and then got turned. This person's always been a mole. Yeah. Well, they've always, they've, we, they were, their agenda and our agenda aligned so much of the war that their record is clean. And then it's just suddenly not clean because the enemy changes. I think it's such a fascinating thing about like spy stuff back yeah, then. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. Because I can't, like, that's the thing about, I guess, about modern spy stuff is that like, the, the, the bad guys have been the bad guys. Not the bad guys, you know what I mean? Like, the yeah. the enemy has been the enemy for so long, you wouldn't really have the same kind of stuff. Yeah. Or it's not the kind of as, you know, you, you don't have the twist of, like, yes, I've been a spy for, like, 25 years and all that stuff. Yeah. I think uh, it's interesting. Yeah. But Matt, uh, Billy Crudup, and this new dude, uh, Valentin Mironov, uh they become buds. They become friends. They're getting information on Ulysses. I can't really remember the next. What's kind of? There's just kind of more, like spycraft stuff. I guess the next, the next big thing. The next big is, thing is when they go to see the fiddler on the roof, and he sees Laura, and he sees Laura. Yeah, yeah. 
Matt Damon, fucking Billy Crudup, and Valentine all just go to see a play together. Yeah, they see chilling. the cherry orchard. The cherry was it not? Fiddler no, it wasn't Fiddler because ah, I saw okay. I saw it outside. It was the cherry orchard. Yeah. Sure. Um, he sees Laura, and they're they're fully just like chilling, being friends together as well. They're yeah. not there as like you know cover for any uh, like planning or scheming they're doing. It's you do I get you get the vibe. It's kind of like we've got this turncoat. We have to kind of entertain him. Yeah. Let's bring him to a Russian play. But he's I, also super chill. I didn't interpret it as we're three buds. I interpret it as we are bringing like a a turncoat to like something of his I, culture. I interpreted it as because it was Matt and Billy Bill- Crud up there. Uh, I interpreted it as the three of them had like developed a friendship. See, maybe it's just my read. I feel like nothing Matt Damon does in this movie is through the guise of like I feel like everything he does is always with that CIA's interest at heart sure that I feel like him being like I will go for a social occasion with Billy Crudup and this guy I feel like if Billy Crudup was not also a, like a spy he would not make the effort if that makes sense you know sure that's yeah. maybe just my maybe it is a friendship but I feel like it's more of a like in his heart of hearts he's like this will be good because it shows to them that I care value about their close friendship and that can be convenient for me for my spy craft rather than I sure. genuinely like these two people I want to spend time with them because he kind of the minute he sees Laura he's gone oh yeah <laughs> well yeah but that's because you know she's deaf he likes that <laughs> Sean is such a terrible thing when we were talking about it being offensive I think you were just offensive <laughs> but no uh, he, he sees Laura at this uh, the musical that they it's when to. him and his wife and him and Angelina Jolie's relationship has degraded yeah yeah um, and he like gets up and leaves the other two guys mm-hmm. and she goes out afterwards as well and she's like kind of looking for him yeah and he isn't there yeah but then a cab pulls up. It's yeah. Like, Are you Laura? Let's go. Cool. Yeah, I was told to go pick you up and bring you somewhere. Yeah. And she just gets in. Yeah. Was he Was he from Brooklyn? I don't know, but he's a cab driver, so that's just the voice I give cab drivers. Laura and Matt start an affair. Yeah, they do. We were both like, yo, what yo. the fuck? It's around then as well that... Is this when the other uh, other dissident turns up? Or does the affair end before that? I think the affair ends before... Yeah, because Angelina Jolie gets sent the photos of fucking them banging. Yeah, and I think that's when they're like, we've got a mole. Yeah. Uh, Because Angelina Jolie gets sent a a, little envelope full of photos of Matt and Laura. At the Bone Society dinner. Yeah, the Bones... No, sorry, the Bone Society dinner is after the LSD stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because throughout this whole movie, I'm like, this is a CIA movie. In the 50s. In the 50s. I hope we see someone get MK Ultra. It. I was like, Sean, because I find MK Ultra fascinating. Do you? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting, like, I don't horrifically unethical experiment that had no actual value, and yet they just kind of went ahead with it anyway for no real reason other than to see what happened. Is it MK? Um, is it just me being like, does it? Is it MK Ultra? Because I thought MK Ultra happened in the sixties. MK Ultra did happen in the 60s, but it was doing essentially what they do in this film. Began in 1953 and went to 1973. Oh, and shit. It was... 20 years. Okay, damn. Yeah. So, yeah, this was absolutely part of MK Ultra then. Yeah. Um, another Russian defects and is like, hello, oh. 
my name is Valentine. I am this guy. I am this the... guy that you say is that guy is not actually him. He is he one is of you. He is Ulysses' best guy. Yeah. So what does John Turturro do to this motherfucker? John Turturro locks this dude in an apartment. Uh, and Matt Damon him. and the Yuri. The, yeah, and Yuri, who uh, the guy we previously believed to be Valentine, who we now know is Yuri, um, are like sitting on the other side of a, a one-way uh, mirror mm-hmm. and are watching John Turturro torture this guy, trying to get him to confess that he's lying. I don't like uh, Don guy who's playing the second defector. Yeah. Best act. Best yes, scene. Yes, be- best performance in this film. Best performance Easy. in the movie. Yeah. Easily. Because they, like, John Turturro's, like, beating the shit out of him. They, they, they waterboard him. They cut off all his clothes. They cut off all of his clothes. And then this dude comes in. He's like, hey. We've got this thing. <laughs> I've got LSD. It's a truth serum. No one ain't. Give it to him and we'll see what happens. Uh, and Sean punched the air. I was like, yeah, MK Ultra time. Uh, but then the dude is fully just like, uh, Russian power is a lie. It is paint over rust. But I, you need us to be I was powerful. snapping, I was like, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Per- In order for your military industrial complex to continue, you need us to be powerful. Yeah. So we're going to keep playing this game forever. I am who I say I am. And I'm out. And he just jumps out the window. <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> up, like, Whoa. And everybody is just like, well... That went bad. That everybody's just like, well, we don't need to think about that anymore. That's a trauma we'll put back into yeah. the into the press. Yeah. So they they know basically now that this Russian guy that Matt had kind of befriended is a mole. He does offer to do LSD as well. He does offer to do LSD as well. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, this none of this is true. I'll do LSD as well if you want me to prove it. And Matt's like, yeah, no, you're good. You're good. We kind of do a bit of a jump forward in time, I would say. A little bit. Yeah. Because we get from kind of the end of World War Two. There's like Two. a 15 years where it kind of just is like, it's like, you don't see the time passing, but you know time has kind of passed, yeah. I would say. We kind of skip past the 50s because Matt Damon's son's all grown up. Yeah, he's Eddie Redmayne now and he's joining the Skull and Bone Society. And we were like, Eddie Redmayne, what the fuck? However, the cowards do not show us Eddie Redmayne mud wrestling. John, you're hyper-fixating on the mud wrestling just a tad too much. Uh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I've seen this on YouTube, by the way. Uh, oh, great. Got a link? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to go see it, this movie was on uh, a different service. I Googled it on YouTube. Because sometimes the movies are just on YouTube. If sure. They're whatever. Uh, one of the first things that comes with is that fucking mud wrestling scene. Fuck yeah. And I was Hell like, yeah. Look, give the gays what they want. Again, you can play Ga any <laughs> the rugby was on today. Um, uh, I don't judge, but... I'm an ally. <laughs> Whatever water, I'll get you a fucking yellow bandana for your birthday. Sure. <laughs> Do you not know about the, the yellow bandana? I suppose that was a thing in like um I think it was like LA kind of gay scene back in the 80s when you couldn't be like out and out. Sure. You'd keep a bandana in your back pocket and it used to like signal what you were into. Oh, okay. So the yellow sure. bandanas were with me and you were into waterworks. Oh, no, I don't want a yellow bandana. You keep talking about the fucking mud wrestling scene. It's not the pissing part I'm worried about. I'll give you a brown bandana. 
<laughs> Having a brown bandana out the back of your trousers is not a good look. No, it's bad. <laughs> anyway, he joins the Skull and Bones Society. And he wants to join the CIA. And his dad's like, sure, fuck it, why not? Yeah, let's go. And Angelina Jolie's like, no. no. Do not let this happen. Uh, Matt Damon drops a heart, like a killer line to have when you're fighting with your wife. Oh, yeah? Which is, I didn't marry, I married you for him. When they're fighting? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he did. He, he married, did, he, The only reason that he married her was because she was pregnant. And it's when you realise that her brother never told her that he had said this to Matt Damon. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. We did skip over, um, to get to the MK Ultra. we did skip over um, Angelina Jolie finding out about the affair, ruining Bones Day and the Yes, dinner. ruining Skull and Bones Day. Um, the Bonesman's The Eve. scene where they leave on the boat, I thought was cool. They kind of leave in this boat and it's like, you see her kind of get on with a young Eddie Red, or not young Eddie Redmayne, grown up Eddie Redmayne. Um, and they kind of like go into like a fog and there's like a big flag in the background. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. After that is it... Damn, what the fuck happens after... This is what I mean about the movie having kind of a weird pacing. Yeah. You're, because you are going between the Bay of Pigs... And kind of his life up to it. There's kind of this point in the middle where... What? This is the part where uh, Eddie Redmayne hears something that he shouldn't. Yeah, but this is what I mean of like... I think the pacing is kind of a bit weird. Of... They probably should do a big... They, because if there's kind of... There's almost kind of three timelines. There is him before the war. Him yeah. kind of in the middle of the war. And just after he gets home. And then him when Eddie, Eddie Redmayne's like in his 20s. Yeah. And the, they're, they're pretty good like differentiating between Matt post-Bay of Pigs and Matt before, like during World War Two and all then. Yeah. The big kind of, and it's after World War Two, but before the Bay of Pigs and then after the Bay of Pigs, it kind of does, this Blend is when, I, this is when yeah. I got confused about what was happening when. Yeah, definitely. Because. They're dealing with kind of the same subject matter. I, and like, they. The characters all look the same because they kind of tone down the old age makeup. Because like. The, and they yeah. don't really have those very specific transitions between yeah so that's I think it's probably why we're finding it confusing to be like what happened kind of next in watching the movie yeah because at the time in order it kind of Eddie Raymond joins the CIA he's hears some stuff but almost that scene of when he hears from some stuff they don't I think that's one of the worst bits of when that revelation happens because it kind of happens in the middle of when they're realizing more stuff about um the tape that they get sent you know, I think that's, yes. yeah. yeah, I think just a, like, just, a, it's just a criticism of the movie of there's kind of stuff going on with Swedish bank accounts that never really gets properly. That's, uh, the that, stuff that happens goes, in like one scene that they pretty much explain everything about it in that scene, I think. I, yeah. I thought the Swiss bank account stuff was fine. But like when, I don't know, I, the bit thing when they go to, there's a bit, another scene very about the last 45 minutes of the movie where he goes back to see Alec Baldwin. And that, that was one of the scenes of, like, I can't tell if this is pre- or post-Bay of Pigs. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of stuff around then when it's, like, they're just jumping between. It's just, like, it's one of those things, like, a, a director who's done a little bit more directing would do some big flair so it's a it's a clear signal to the audience. Sure. But you have, when you're watching it, you need to wait. You're kind of waiting 15 seconds into the dialogue and then you're like, oh, okay, I, I figured out now because they're not, they're referring to a different thing rather than, the, the directing, letting me know what's going on, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it still makes sense by the end of it, but... 
It's yeah. a little confusing in the moment to moment. Yeah, and it, it like it, it's so much easier to keep track of at the start of the film compared to the end of the film. Yeah, that, like and maybe that's it's intentional. But maybe, yeah, but I don't know. I if it is intentional, it's just not done very well. No, yeah. I think it's just a thing of like everything by the kind of the latter half, the latter forty five minutes of the movie because the timelines are so kind of converging. Yeah. It's just, it just, you're, as you said earlier, it just, everything is kind of talking about the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I guess like you kind of get, we kind of get to Bay of Pigs. We get to maybe a few days beforehand. Eddie Redmayne's here something that he shouldn't. Yeah. At another one of the Skull and Bones Society parties, Eddie Redmayne is there. Yeah. And Matt is talking to, um. Lee Pace and. Yeah. Lee Pace and Alec Baldwin or William Hurt. William Hurt. William Hurt. And they're like, we're going to launch at the Bay of Pigs. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's the plan. Like we're keeping it on the down low because you know officially America are not supposed to be getting super involved in this mm-hmm. issue. But we're gonna land at the Bay of Pigs. We're gonna go sort it all out. And Eddie Redmayne is like having a bath. Yeah, and overhears it. And overhears it because he has a window open, and they're like right outside the room. But then there's I I really like this bit where Matt Damon comes inside and he sees that he's there. Yeah. And he's like, you didn't hear anything, right? He's like, you didn't hear anything. My everyone's like, no. Matt Damon's mm-hmm. like, don't believe you. Yeah. If you did hear anything, then it needs to stay in this room right now. And it needs to never be said to anyone. All yeah. right? And Ed Redmayne's just like, yeah. Cool. Something we've neglected to mention. And also, the movie's not... The movie kind of throws it in every once in a while. But it's kind of like a simmering... It's like a sea plot, I would say. Sure. There's some list of who knew about the Bay of Pigs. Yes, that they're like looking name, into. Matt's name's on the top of the list. So everyone's kind of like, it's very suspicious that, the, that they knew about this operation failing. You are kind of like, either you need to show us who fucked it up. Yeah. Or you, you're going to get or blamed. Or it's you, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what, I think, I say that's kind of what is on his mind mostly in the post-Bay of Pigs. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but it, it doesn't, yeah. they bring up the Nisling like once or twice, but it's not like you see ages of him like going through it or whatever. It's just kind of the MacGuffin. Yeah. Um. Uh, but then they discover the, 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 oh no, no after this, uh, Angelina Jolie is like, I'm moving in with my mother. Yeah, I'm leaving you. Uh, yeah, I'm gone. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um. And then they discover that uh, the photo... They figure out the location of the photo. Yeah, it's in the Congo. So they go match. Shout out to Democratic Republic of Congo. We got listeners out there. Yeah, is it uh, DPC? How do they? What's the abbreviation? Uh, is it just Democratic Republic of the Congo? I think it's DRC. DRC. Shout out to DRC. Let me let me check our our listeners. Stop thing. checking the the listeners' lives. Nah. Yeah, DRC Congo. DRC yeah. Congo. Democratic Republic. He goes to the DRC. And he realizes that the, the mole is his son because he sees the present he made his son during yeah. the war. Uh, like, what if- Ulysses shows up. <laughs> Ulysses shows up. Uh, and something, another thing to, uh, that's from Blank Check, that I, it's a term I oh, love. Yeah. It's called the blender. Okay. Which is something, it's a, one of their, I can't remember which guest comes up with it. It's um, when you watch something in a movie and they give a character a... A weird quirky hobby. It's just a dare to flesh them out as a person, but it serves no purpose in the narrative. And for a while, I thought Matt's uh, ship building was yeah, like a very he, bizarre um, blender. Yeah, but it is he actually builds, com- he builds little like ships and bottles. He builds model ships. Yeah. Um, he like and it's something him and his son like do together. Yeah. 
And it turns out that the one thing in the photo that they couldn't figure out what it was was a little ship in a bottle that he gave to his son when he came back from the war. Yeah. He confronts, Ulysses confronts him and he's basically like... Oh, yeah, Ulysses is at the like hotel where this all happened when Matt shows up. Yeah. And he's like, we already took all the cameras and stuff out. But hey, we've got all that footage and stuff and be fucked up if uh, it came out that your son told a Russian spy who he has now fallen in love with and wants to marry uh, that they were going to land at the Bay of Pigs. I love also the, the implication I read into the film where Ulysses is like, and she fucking fell in love with him as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. That is it, I think. Yeah, and and they, he's just like, for yeah, fuck's sake. Because that, that's the thing is, it's like they actually did, I think she was planted there as like yeah. a honeypot as like you know get him to fall in love with you and get him to tell See you your secrets. secrets but then she just actually does fall in love with him as well there, there's a definitely a version of that tape where she tells him something covert he shouldn't know and they well. just chopped it out and they're like, yeah oh. yeah <laughs> it's so funny uh and they're basically like your son does not know that he was a mole yeah and the deal that ulysses offers is here, here's what's going to happen, all right? We will keep this on the down low for you. That's mm-hmm. fine. But you will then... Work for us. Work for us. So we'll protect your son, but you got to give us your secrets. Uh, and Matt's like, okay, I will think about this. I will go and consider. Yeah, he considers. He considers. And he's like, no. Yeah, he's like, nah, fuck that. I'm fuck not, that shit. I'm not doing this. Uh, there's a fun little scene in, like, the Flight Museum? Yeah. I thought it was... Is it the Smithsonian? Is it the Smithsonian Flight Museum? Is that what it is? So, the way it works is that around that... Outside the White House, there's, like, seven big museums right beside each other. Sure. And one of them is the Smithsonian. Okay. But there's, like... There's a Museum of Flight. Sure. You know? So, it might be the Smithsonian. It might be, like, the Smithsonian Museum of Flight. I'm not 100% sure. Um, uh, yeah, no, it is just the Museum of Flight. Yeah. It might be very cool. Yeah. They make a thing being like, ah, oh, now we have a War of the Stars. And I was oh, like, shit. Yeah. They've, got a, they've got a flight museum in Shannon Airport as well. Yeah. I went to the flight museum in Seattle once. Cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Matt and Ulysses meet at the flight museum and they're like, all right, we got a new, we got a whole new place we're fighting over and it's space. Hell yeah. Yeah. We go to the moon. Yeah. Not because it's easy. But because it's hard. <laughs> Shout out to that speech. <laughs> JFK shows up like in like uh, newsreels and stuff Sean throughout the film. Sean was teasing me about JFK. Had, yeah, but like every time he showed up, I was like, yeah. What can I say? I like the Kennedys. Not them now. Not them now. <laughs> Not the bad one now. Fuck that guy. Yeah, that guy's a bastard now. He's, they reckon he's going to steal a lot of votes from Trump though. Good. Yeah. Whatever splits votes between fascists is probably for the best. It's the new one of fascists. I thought he was just an anti-vaxxer. Who, RFK? Yeah. Yeah, he's a fascist. Oh, is he? They're all fascists. Yeah, I guess. Biden is halfway there as well. I probably shouldn't say that, buddy. Too late. Yeah. (laughs) He's endorsing genocide. Fuck That's true. Not proud. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) They meet at the flight museum and... Matt's like, not taking your deal. Can't do that. Uh, Ulysses like, is kind of fine with that. Yeah, though. Ulysses is like, yeah, no, that's chill. But like, someday in the future, uh, I'm going to ask you for a favor and it's going to be something that'll be small for you, but very big for me. Yeah. So that's just going to happen. 
And then we get we get a little bit about Ulysses' lackey. You were so happy. I was so happy when this happened because he's just like, I want to buy souvenir for my daughter, but they don't have change. Do you have change? Like, do you have change of a dollar? Mac gives him a dollar. Yeah, and we were like, because there's a scene early on in the movie with a dollar that I thought was great spycraft bullshit. Where just like the the serial number on this thing has to do with like which. It's like a cipher for. He's like on a train. On oh, yeah, a streetcar going, going to yeah, work. Going to work, and a kid comes up to him and asks him for change for a dollar. Yeah, and he like looks at the kid's mother, and the kid's mother like nods at him weird. Yeah, like, oh, what's going on here? But then it turns out that the serial number on the dollar that the kid gave him was like a cipher for a list for yeah for like information that the CIA were going to give. Him. Yeah, so he gives him a dollar. John Tucker was well suspicious about the dollar. He. It's all kind of good. He goes back to Africa to go to Eddie Redmayne's wedding. Yes, he, kinda he has, does. He kind of has one last scene with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, because we also find out that Eddie Redmayne's wife is now just like out of Russian intelligence. Yeah, they're not married yet, I don't think. I think they're going they're, to... Yeah, no, her, his fiancé. Yeah. They do say the wife during the movie, but I the vibe I got was they are going to the wedding. Yeah, no, the wedding, we see the... Like, Eddie Redmayne is waiting for her to show up to the wedding. Yeah. yeah. And him and Angelina Jolie kind of have one last, like, reconnection. She seems happier. She's kind of forgiven him. Yeah. She's, or not forgiven him, is kind of like... She's been able to sleep since she's moved out to her mother's. In Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and then the craziest scene in the movie happens. The most bonker scene in the fucking film. Because we see the fiancé, like, getting a plane to go to wherever it is the wedding is happening. Yeah. And we were like, the whole the whole they were sewing so much so much of the flight. We were like, the Russians are going to blow it up. Like yeah. that's what's going to happen here. They're going to like cut off their loose end. And that's not what happens at all. The co-pilot like climbs over the back. Another passenger kicks. Another open. passenger kicks open the door, and the two of them grab her and throw her out of the plane. You watch this woman fall into the jungle. Yeah. It's crazy. You see her wedding dress that she's brought with her, like, like falling through the ground? Yeah. Great shot. Very cool. And Horrifying then, way to die. And then we realize it's not the Russians who did it. You think it's the Americans? I think it's Matt Damon who organized it. I, the vibe I got, which is... That's the favor. From Ulysses. But that would also be doing Matt a favor. It's a very thing. small thing for Matt. It's a very big deal for them. Ooh, maybe, yeah, that might be it. Because then they, then he finds out she's pregnant. Yeah, he only finds out that she's pregnant when he goes to tell Eddie Redmayne that she's died. Yeah. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I felt like a weird loose end of the movie to have that the deal never gets shown. Unless it's just sure. implying that, like, the director of the CIA or whatever, the counterintelligence owed owes the Russians yeah. a favor. Yeah, yeah. whatever. I, I, that's the read I got on it. I think both reads are chill. Sure. Um... But Marcos tells Eddie Redmayne, uh, uh, Angelina Jolie's like, you did this. I fucking know you did yeah. this. Eddie Redmayne's distraught. And Matt's just kind of like, mm, my life's a fucking shithole, I guess. Uh-huh. He outs William Hurt somehow. Uh, that's- yeah, because William Hurt has like a bunch of like weird financial... He's doing fraud, basically. Yeah, again, they don't um, super explain that super well, but again, yeah. it's he fine. Fu- he fucks William Hurt over so that he can take his position as head of counterintelligence. Yeah, basically. him and Lee Pace get a whole new CIA. They show yeah. you the Langley um, that's in. Yeah, they show you like the, the setting up of the new CIA building oh, yeah. and stuff. They show you where Carrie's going to go work in the yeah. future. <laughs> yeah. And then a very fucking annoying thing happened. Yeah. The sound broke for us. For the last maybe minute of the movie. Two minutes, I would say. 
It was the last two minutes on the timer, but about a minute of that was credits. Yeah. So probably the last minute of the film, uh, the sound simply stopped working. Yeah. So and we watched I was, the end of it in silence. Yeah. And we're like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Matt reads the letter from his dad that he stole as a kid. Yeah. Because he hasn't opened it up. Something again, the movie does not explain very well because the Wikipedia explained that the dad was being going to be like become the secretary of state, but yeah. it was accused of like for, like an espionage. Yeah, and it's basically his dad admitting to it in the letter. Yeah, which and then Matt burns the letter. Yeah, which I didn't pick up watching the movie, but maybe that was just me not picking up. I it. didn't pick it up either. Yeah, so yeah. the movie ends, and it was good. I enjoyed it. I liked it. It was long. I will say it was. L- I, it actually didn't feel that long to me. There was a point, I think, because I was hungry, that I was like... Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. I was not that hungry. Yeah, I hadn't eaten much today. Yeah, I also um, didn't have, like, any mouth aches. It's still really sore. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a movie that there's definite script issues, I would say. Still good. Sure. I think it's just... It's one of those... It's it's a good script. It's not the world's best script. Yeah. I think it's unfair that the sure. movie we watched before this was Departed. Yeah. yeah, I do too. Because the Departed deals with a lot of similar vibes, with like you know trying to root out a mold and lot, an organization. Yeah. And like, I think it's one of those where it's uh, firstly like it, like Robert De Niro did well. Like it's well shot for like a second time directing. Robert De Niro should direct more shit. It's, yeah, he did this very. Is, this was pretty good. It was pretty good, but it's just kind of sometimes where I could see that if like. Because there was even a few times we were watching it, but we were saying, like, is this this person? Is this this person? Yeah. That's if you're in a cinema watching it and you kind of can't figure that out, you might get a bit frustrated. Yeah. But yeah. that's... that's. Oh, I know that's a, that's not a major criticism of the movie. Yeah. You level the same stuff at all the Nolan movies. Yeah. I liked it. I did like it, too. I liked it a lot. How do you think it did in the box office? I think it did... Two and a half hour spy thriller in 2006. Yeah. I don't think this did very well. What? So the budget was eighty million. How do you think it did? Seventy million. Hundred million. Ah, okay. Nice. So it made its budget. Yeah, it made its budget back. Didn't do the double that you probably need. You didn't do the double you need. Yeah. Maybe made it back in, in rentals. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. This is like yeah. I'm getting very angry thinking about Hollywood accounting recently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just reading about the um, what AMC versus. Uh, oh, the, the Wiley Coyote. Yeah, yeah. that is just—it's annoying me that the whole thing a lot recently. Yeah, and like how the the new uh, the new uh, guy who directed Parasite, what's his name? Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho movie's been delayed because the studio can't afford to release it. Yeah, like it's just—it's like the, there's going to be a massive crash in the next few years with movies. I think. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's going to coincide with the MCU dying. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Do you hear Nolan M- thanked the MCU? Yeah, because the MCU basically kept cinemas going during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Horrifying. Uh-huh. And what's not horrifying is the box office on the December 22nd to 28, 2006. 2006. 2006. Is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in here? I don't know. Because I think that's a 2006 movie. It's either 2006 or 2008, but I feel more confident saying it's 2006. See, I feel like that we it's not in this top, this box office. Sure. Number one is a movie that's very, very important to me. It's often joked about in my family, involving me. It was a, a, a major realization for me. Oh, not at the museum. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> 
Shout out to Rami Malek. Shout out to Rami Malek. Hell, hell yeah. No, Narnia was... 2007? So, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was 2005. Mm. Uh, Prince Caspian was 2008. Can I, say, I feel like we did Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. We right? did, yeah. We, we did hit that. Number two is a Will Smith movie. I, Robot? No. Uh, Road to Perdition? No. That's not Will Smith. That's not Will Smith. That is uh, fucking Tom Hanks. No, there's another... Thinking of the Road? No, I'm not thinking of the road. There's another one with a very similar poster. Is it like seven pounds or something like that? Yeah, it's not seven pounds. Okay. This one also has his son in it. Has Jaden in Jayden's it as in well? Yeah. What genre? Through like kind of a upbeat family drama, I guess. I can, I feel like I can see the image, and I have this image associated with seven pounds in my head. It's one of those. When I say the title, you'll be like, oh, yes, of course. It's yeah. kind of Will Smith's Oscar bait era when he was... Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I know exactly the film. I just can't remember the name. Yeah. What's it, what's it, what's it called? Do I want to tell you? Yeah. The Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness, of course. Of yeah. course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie was everywhere when he was a kid. Yeah. The next one is a sports franchise movie. Sports front? Like a franchise film about sports? It's a, like a movie franchise with sports is kind of a main part of it. Focus on kind of one character. Uh, is the character's name in the title? Yeah. Focus on sport? Yeah, a sport. The character's playing a sport. Can you tell me what the sport is? Boxing. Is... Boxing? Oh, it's Rocky. Which Rocky? Uh, it's... Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Yeah. Number four is The Good Shepherd. Okay. Open to 24 million. Mm-hmm. Number five yeah. is... Uh, a movie, uh, it's a biopic about a 1960s singing group. What the fuck? Yeah, you're not going to get no, this. No, I'm not going to get this. Dream Girls? Yeah, not a fucking clue. Number three is a book. Did number we def- three? Sorry, number six. It was number three the weekend before. Sure. We read the book in school as kids. Um, animals. Sad. Watership Down? No. No, that's not, Yeah. uh... Sad animals movie. Kids movie. I read the book at school. Maybe you didn't. I... It's kind of memed to fuck. It's memed to fuck? Yeah. Her web connects them all. Oh, fucking Charlotte's Web. Yeah. I read that book independently of school. Really? We read it in yeah. school. Number two was a bit... Number seven, it was number two the previous weekend. Yeah. Big um, teenage YA series. Movie series? Movie book made one movie, bad movie. Great cast, bad movie. Uh, Cirque du Freak? Nope. Cirque no? Du- no, I never heard of that. You never heard of Cirque du Freak? No. Oh. This is a, this um, big movie for me. I've talked, to, I've talked to you how much I love these books before. New book in the series came out recently. It's not Aragon. Yeah! Yeah! I love, I loved the Aragon movie when I was a kid. Fucking Jeremy ass. Irons? Ass. Jeremy Irons is Brahm is perfect no pitch perfect no. John Jeremy Malkovich is... as fucking Galbatorix perfect they are the two shining lights of that movie uh, the dude who plays Murtag uh, no not Murtag uh, Aragon the bad guy uh, no the casting of that movie great the plot of that movie bad yeah why did they get rid of my cool little break in to discover the cool books with the, the like acid melt pearls when they go talk to the freaky cat lady. It which... had Robert Carlyle in it, though, and that means it's good. It had Jamon Hansu in it as well. It's a great cast. I'm not arguing yeah. about the cast. Rachel Weisz as Safira. 
Great movie. Yeah, banger, great, great banger movie. Great movie, Hannah admitted it. Great movie cast, I meant to say. Sure, yeah. No, that that was one of the first times, because I... That was one of the books my parents bought me on audiobook to get me into reading yeah. when I found out I was dyslexic. Sure. So it's like, that is a really important book in my life. Yeah. And then when I went to I see the... I adored those books. I adored those books. I, I sleep in a inheritance t-shirt once a month. Fuck yeah. I got it when... That was like the first book I waited for to come out for like three years. Nice. I got merch for it yeah. for my aunt. That one I remember like... Uh, is Aragon eldest, eldest Bersinger? Is it not Bersinger eldest? I'm Aragon is the first one. Eldest is the second. Is eldest second? Yeah, I I believe it you had I... the red cover. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I remember when Inheritance came out. It was fully just like I. It was so long between I had finished Bersinger. Yeah, that I'd kind of like forgotten to look out for it, and then one day I was just walking past a bookshop and it was out, and I was like, I need it. I waited for it yeah. with, like... Yeah, because Bristol and Contentment 2008 and Inheritance came out in 2011. Yeah. Uh, I, need to pre- I need to reread them so I can read the new one. Oh, yeah, there's the new Murtag book. There's a new Murtag book. Yeah. Shout out to Murtag. The reason um uh, every girl under the age of 30 is into the tragic anime boy. Fuck yeah. <laughs> He's so broken. We can all fix him. Can't Love this. He can't be fixed. He's so damaged. Nah, Brom was always my favourite. It was just because Jeremy Irons played him in the movie and I thought he was cool. It's one of those... Do you know what it is? It's that super... Because I read a lot about the production of that movie. And yeah. it was basically that that era of Harry Potter had come out and Harry Potter had done so well. Yeah. That every single franchise like that got grabbed. Mm-hmm. And they've admitted that basically they fucked up the ending on purpose. Oh, really? They've basically, they basically were like... The next... Because remember in the book, it basically has a big fight and there's a big like, see you in book kind of two. Yeah. Where when they did the movie, they were like, we don't know if it's going to do well enough. Mm-hmm. They had that a post credit can... scene. Huh? They had a post credit scene. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the thing of like, they were like, we're not sure it's going to do well enough that we get to you in a see you in book two. Sure. So we need to kind of do a like big bow tie at the end. Yeah. Ending. Yeah. Um, where then they do kind of a like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, so it just doesn't, it just doesn't work as well. Yeah. And it got rid of my weird freaky ass cat. Yeah. Angela, the witch and her cat. And the, like, weird, creepy kid that they curse. Yeah! God, I remember when that came back, like, right at the end. I was like, oh, what the fuck? This what is... the fuck? She's back. She exists. Do you still. want to know the most me thing I ever did with those books? What? Remember in book two, the the, the town they go to, like, the Dwarven Settlement? Yes. And, oh, you know, I love that bit. And yeah. the bit where it's the... Sh- spoiler for Aragon. Welcome to media section two. <laughs> the the bit where the start of book two, you know how they kill the dad and the daughter has to take over. Yeah. And you know in the like in the book two and three, she kind of has to go off and starts funding the resistance. Yeah. It's when Aragon goes to the elves and gets like cock blocked. Yeah. I used to skip Ronan and Aragon's oh, sections. I loved those. I, I love the Ronan. Is it Rowan? Rowan, Yeah. I used to skip those sections because I wanted to listen to the economics of funding. Rowan. I did not know what the fuck happened in those two plots for about five years because I skipped them all because I wanted to learn about her economics of like weaving <laughs> silk to fund a resistance fuck age yeah. seven. And no, that's the most... I, I, the the Roran chapters were always my favourite because it was just him leading like a revolution based around hitting people with a big hammer. <laughs> Says you're either an... <laughs> the Eric, duality of man. <laughs> 
Though I can't remember what her name was, but she was so cool. She had, Naswada. Naswada. Because she had to deal with that fucking cursed ass kid as yeah, well. Yeah, she did, yeah. And she was like, what do I do with you? And she's like, I'm stopping you from getting assassinated, bitch. Yeah. I, I, I always loved that Roran was fully just like, there's all this fucking crazy magical shit happening around me. And I have a big hammer and I can't do anything else. I so I'm going to get my, really good at I love my fiancé. Um, we got yeah. married and then my my cousin's fucking bullshit kidnapped yeah. her. The scene yeah. at the start of Inheritance, um, what, the, the the big one, where it's like, Rona's like, I fucking hate you. You have ruined my life. But you have a dragon and you're weird, like, cursed <laughs> yeah. No, like ghoul elf fuckers who have kidnapped my wife you are the only person I know that can help me kill them so yeah. we're buddying up <laughs> Eric I'm like that's fair I'm yeah, the younger okay, cousin yeah, that's no, my job here this is my here. fault yeah yeah Shout out to those books. Shout out to Aragon shout out to Aragon I love how stupid Aragon is yeah <laughs> sorry we got off topic the part, there to, to keep us off topic very briefly also the part in like book three where he forges the sword I didn't. when I was a kid it was also the coolest shit I was like what's happening now oh yeah I skipped this bit of the book yeah <laughs> anyway shout out, yeah. yeah shout out to the cool elf his new elf dad he finds in book three yeah that's yeah, pretty rad that yeah cool. I don't know if this movie got nominated for any awards sure um, but it's, I can it's, see that I can I can see this not being a big like Oscars movie it's an interesting little flick I yeah. would say um, for some reason it got really bad reviews like it has I don't, yeah I don't understand that I think I think this was pretty good I could see it if, if uh, like if if these kind of if the departed has just come out. Sure. And that's kind of like <gasps> what? Go on. If the departed has just come out, and also these movies, a lot of these movies were kind of being made at this time. Mm-hmm. Like Sean was saying before we recorded, he was kind of getting sick and tired of all the spy movies. Yeah. I could see it being kind of a like, oh fuck's sake, we've gotten so many of these mm-hmm. that the flaws could be annoying. Yeah, I can see it as well. Um I've just I just found a very interesting section on the Wikipedia. What? Titled Possible Sequel. Yeah. De Niro said he would like to make two sequels to The Good Shepherd. One bringing the action forward from 1961 to 1989 and the fall of the Berlin Wall. Very interesting. And the other following its protagonist, Edward Wilson, to the present day. In September 2012, it was announced that Showtime was developing the sequel as a television series. Okay. With Roth as executive producer and writer and De Niro directing the pilot. As of July 2021, the project has not come to fruition. In an October 2020 interview, De Niro said that he worked with Eric Roth on a sequel, but that it never happened. However, if someone gave him money to make a sequel, he would. Hey, somebody, give De Niro that money. Let him make a sequel. I want to see another one of these. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see how... I I don't think it's bad enough that we should never let De Niro make a movie again. No. I don't, I don't know if it's, they never let De Niro make a movie again. I... It strikes me as De Niro does not want to make a movie unless it's one of these. Yeah. Because I think if De Niro was like, I'll make Daddy's Home 3, I'll direct it. Yeah. He would make Daddy's Home 3. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but have we got any Matt Damon trivia for this for this movie, Hannah? Well, it's actually going to be based on next week's movie. Whoa. Because. What, what movie is next week? Fucking Ocean's 13. <laughs> the 13th Ocean's movie. His web kit now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ocean's 13, the third movie in the Ocean's trilogy? Depends how you count Ocean's 8. I, I, feel, I feel like that's a separate enough um, movie that it wouldn't count as part of the same, like, 
Like, it's in the franchise, but I don't know if it's in the same series as the beginning. Yeah. The, the Matt Damon trivia fact of, for this week actually connects to his next two movies. Ocean's yeah. 8 and then the Borm uh, Ultimatum. Matt Damon's London street scene showcasing Linus walking through London speaking on the phone was shot while Matt Damon was in London filming the Bourne Ultimatum. The Ocean's 13 production took advantage of this happy coincidence as they wanted the character of Greco to be a British... The character of Greco? Greco. Greco? G-R-E-C-O. Like El Greco? The Isn't that a painter? Mm. To be a British classmate of Roman Nagels. Mm. Thus Lions Begins in London played well to the story. We'll talk about what Ocean's 13 is about in a few minutes after we do our... Matt Damon movie rankings. Yeah, El Greco was a Greek painter, sculptor, and architect of the Spanish Renaissance. El Greco was a nickname, meaning the Greek. For your first time listening to podcasts, is what we do at the end of each uh, record. So we do a little rankings. A little rankings. Little is is used generously here, I think. Yeah. We go through every single movie that we have watched. In the Matt Damon franchise. And we rank them. We rank them. Yeah, from bottom to top. We do have a, a slight caveat that we yeah. don't do uh, the good old boys, where it's the bottom one on our list for both of us. Because we haven't actually been able to watch Someday it Someday we'll watch it. Someday. This movie was actually quite close to being in a good old boys situation. Yeah. But luckily, we, we, I we managed re- to acquire it. Yeah. We would have been able to watch it. Yeah. Like, my library, I, I re- requested it off the library. There has been times when I've been like, ooh, movie's not on streaming, I'm going to do a library hold. Normally, I will check... A while beforehand. Yeah. And if it's the situation, I will put a hold in. Uh-huh. It's just the fact that it got taken off, like, two days before I went to watch the movie. Sure. You know. Yeah. Uh, so. Grimble, gamble, grimble, gamble. Grimble, gamble, grimble, gamble. Starting us out. Do you want to start this week? Number 36. Yeah. The Good Old Boys. The Good Old Boys. Number 35. Yeah. All the Pretty Horses. Piece of shit movie. Jake, like Silent it. Bob, Strike Back. That's a good movie, though. Uh, number 34, uh-huh. Rising Sun. Titan A.E. Number 33, Legend of Bagger Vance, another piece of shit. Legend of Bagger Vance, number 33 for me. Nice. Uh, number 32, Jay and Silent Bob, Strike Back. A movie that I do own a physical copy of now. Yeah. Shout out to Matthew. Uh, number 32 is Field of Dreams for me. Number 31, I believe, is Field of Dreams. Rising Sun. Number 30, Geronimo, an American legend. Number 30, All the Pretty Horses. I feel like there's a lot of recency bias in my list, at least. Yeah. Because I need I need to go back and rewatch these, which I will I, do over the summer. I feel like you have had a weird... Like, you... When you like a movie and you're like, yes, I feel like this is like a three-star movie. Yeah. You will pop that to the top of the soup. Easy. Yeah. Where I kind of do a, like... I kind of go bottom up and I drag it up. Sure. Which makes me kind of force me to be like, do I think this is better? Yeah. Which is just, it's like, it's, it's a matter of preference for how you do it. Yeah. Um, number 29, yeah. I think. Did I say uh, number 30 was all the pretty horses? You just did there? I did. Uh, number 29 is School Ties. A movie that I definitely feel should be higher. Number 29 is Ocean's 12. And uh, number 28 is Finding Forrester. Number 28 is Eurotrip. Uh, number 27 is Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Number 27. Perfectly happy with that being number 27. <laughs> number 27 is Jerry, a movie that when I said to my mom uh, that you liked a lot, Sean. Yeah. She was like, was Sean high when he watched it? I should have been. I wish I was. Yeah. And I went, nah, I just, I think it just tapped into something. And she was like, that's fair, I guess. Yeah. That was 27? 27. 
number 28 is Eurotrip. Number 20, uh, 20, well, no, 26. 26 is Eurotrip, yeah. sorry. Number 26 is Chasing Amy. Number 25 is The, the Rainmaker. Number 25 is Stuck on You. 24, The Majestic. Number 24, Geronimo. Number 23 is Chasing Amy. I think I need to rewatch Rounders. Sure. Because I feel like it, uh, I feel like there's other movies that are higher on this that I'm surprised they're higher. Uh-huh. But I actually, I didn't vibe with Rounders when I watched it, I remember. I didn't really either. No, wait, never mind. I was, you love the, I was thinking of The Rainmaker, not yeah, Rounders. Yeah, I think they're both of those movies have a similar thing of, I just didn't vibe with it and you did and I had the yeah. opposite. Yeah. Uh, what number was that? That was number 23. Uh, number 22, then, is Ocean's 12. Number 22 is The Majestic. Number 21 is Syriana. Number 21 is Jersey Girl. Number 20 is Mystic Pizza. Number 20 is The Brothers Grimm. Uh, number 18, no, 19, is uh, Titan A.E. Number 19 is Syriana. Number 18 is The Born Identity. Number 18 is School Ties. Uh, number 17 is Stuck on You. Number 17 is Finding Forrester. Number 16 is Courage Under Fire. Number 16 is Spirit. That's a good kids movie. Yeah. Yeah. Number 15 is Goodwill Hunting. Number 15 is Glory Days. Number 14 is The Talented Mr. Ripley. I, st- I get- respect your choice. Bonkers for me, they're so low down. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair though. Mm-hmm. Recent re- recency bias. He said it. Audience first, not I joke. That was number 14. Yes. Number 14 is Mystic Pizza for me. Number 13 is The Third Wheel. Number 13 is Dogma. Uh, number 12... This is high for you, Sean. ...is The Born Supremacy. Number 12 is Courage Under Fire. Uh, number 11... Yeah. ...is The Brothers Grimm. Number 11 is The Third Wheel. Number 10... Yeah. Are you in the difficult, difficult zone? Number 10 is The Good Shepherd. Number 10 is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind for me. It's actually in the list. Yeah. Uh, this is why it's handy doing it on Letterboxd. Yeah, number nine yeah. is Rounders. Number nine is The Good Shepherd. Number eight. Let's 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 talk about The yeah. Good Shepherd because they're last. I think I'm missing a movie. Interesting that we put The Good Shepherd at the same point. Yeah. Did you put The Departed in from last week? No, I didn't. You're right. Okay. That's exactly what it is. Number nine. Number nine is uh, Ocean's Eleven. Number nine is Ocean's Eleven. Number eight. So let's let's, yeah, let's talk about The Good Shepherd. Better movie than I thought it would be. <laughs> Far better movie than I expected. Is it your favourite of these kind of batch of three? No, because you Departed you love. Yeah, yeah no. The Departed is my favourite one of these. Yeah. Yeah. Better than Syriana, I think. Yes, definitely better than Syriana. Um, weird, like, Syriana is... It does a similar timeline fine. jumping thing, but it's much less comprehensible than it is in this film. And I know we've talked a bit of shit about how comprehensible the timeline jumping in this is, but... It's because it's like, it's... It it's it starts off quite well. Do you know what the honest problem with the t- the the timeline jumping is? What? It's because they don't want to make that Matt looks really fucking weird when he's in the the post Bay of Pigs one. Yeah, they don't want to make him look super old like he does at the beginning of the film. Yeah, yeah. And it's Matt Matt's potentially a little bit miscast in that. Yeah, I think he's pretty good. No, no, he's good. But I mean, like. By the t- he's playing someone going from the age of 20 to someone in their like mid 40s yeah and he's mid 30s so it's kind of hard no I think I think having him bang on in the middle for that is pretty fun I think it's fine but I think then when you're trying to when you're cutting between him say being 10 years of difference and you're not trying to do the weird old age makeup it gets sure confused. I think that's why we get confused yeah 
Like, I think Matt's very good in this. Mm-hmm. I just think that's, it's probably, it's because they're not putting, like, as much talc in his hair, you know? Yeah, but that's not a casting issue. I feel like you, like, with that jumping around, if you cast somebody younger, then it would be a complaint of they were miscast because they aren't older. And yeah. if you cast somebody older, then it would be miscast if they weren't younger. Yeah. I guess it's just always a thing like this when you're doing a movie that's following someone over, like, a course of, say, 30 years. Sure. Unless you kind of choose at some point to be like, and then they become this character or this actor, you know, they kind of age up. You're always going to have a weir- something weird when you're like, at this point, it just feels a bit odd. Yeah. The Irishman would never. Yeah, that's a big, isn't that a big criticism of the Irishman? I haven't seen it oh, yet. Yeah, no, the, the, so the de-aging stuff on the face looks fine, but you can tell that the, just from the way De Niro moves, you can tell that he's an old man. Okay. Uh, interesting trick yeah uh that was number nine number nine eight. was rounders yeah number eight is oceans 11 number eight is the rainmaker number seven mm-hmm. is dogma number seven is the born identity number six is jersey girl number six is good william hunting number five is confessions of a dangerous mind number five is oceans 11 number four is jerry number four is the born supremacy Number three is Saving Private Ryan. Number three is The Talented Mr. Ripley. Number two is Glory Days. Number two is Saving Private Ryan. And number one, we just had it. We need to come up with uh, like how we used to do for Saving Private Ryan, like how we go with a bullet or something. Yeah, how you used to do that every yeah, time. Yeah, because I thought that was fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't come up with one. Um, I could say we're shipping up to Boston as a part of maybe. Maybe. I'll figure it out as yeah. we go. Yeah, we'll find out. The Departed. The Departed. I, I am still kind of grappling as that's my number one. Not going to lie. I'm 100% certain. I know you're 100% certain. It's just because I really like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. I always feel like I need to watch them back to back and then decide. Yeah, which is what I did, basically. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's, that is the Good Shepherd. Um, a lot closer to the three hours than I think we expected. We got talking about... <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, don't worry about it. We're yeah. Good. We're good. No, to be fair, we were on... Um, there's a bit there in the middle we probably could cut out. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Next week's movie, Ocean's 13. It's a crisp... Oh, we're back. I'm so unhappy we're back. It's a crisp two hours. Okay, okay. That's that's all of Bye, Lars. What are the odds of getting even? 13 to 1. Who's the 13th? I, I desperately hope it's fucking... What's his name? Um, Terry Benedict. Terry Benedict. I Danny hope. Ocean's team of criminals are back and composing a plan more personal than ever. When ruthless casino owner... Willie Bank double-crosses Ruben Chishkoff, causing a heart attack. Danny Ocean <gasps> vows that he and his no. team will do everything to bring down Willie Bank, along with everything he's got. Even if it means asking for help from an enemy. <gasps> Terry! <laughs> yes! Yes! The cast yes. is George Clooney, uh-huh. Brad Pitt, uh-huh. Matt Damon, uh-huh. Andy Garcia. Our guy? Our guy? Our guy? Don Cheehill. Uh-huh. Uh, Bernie Mac. Uh-huh. Uh, <gasps> Ellen Barkin. Do you see who plays Willie Bank? Al Pacino. Al Pacino as Willie Bank. Casey Affleck. Scott Kahn. Uh, Eddie Jermson. Shangbo Hume. Charles Rayner. Elliot Golden. Eddie Izzard. The fucking Night Fox is back. R.I.P. me. Rip in well, piss. If, if the Night Fox is the 13th, I will be quite sad. Uh, you want it to be Andy Garcia. I want it to be Andy Garcia. Oprah Winfrey is in this. I don't see fucking Julia Roberts. Oh, oh no. It might oh be. no, no, she yeah, she's she's here listed on this Where? version. Um 
I just googled Ocean's 13 cast and it came up. She's not in Letterboxd. Letterboxd, get it together. Maybe there'll be uh, two new... Maybe they're Celine get, Dion? Maybe they'll get rid of um, fucking uh, Julia Roberts and the, the new guys will be Andy Garcia and the Night Fox. Ooh, maybe. Maybe they've teamed up. Yeah. Oh, Ocean 13's gonna hurt my soul, I think. It's the last one we gotta get through. I know. I, was so, I hated Ocean's 12 so much. I did not like Ocean's 12. Do you think they'll do a heist in this one? I desperately hope so. It's directed by Steven Soderbergh again. Oh, okay, cool. That's a good sign. <laughs> but now, so is the second one. Yeah, I guess. Who's the There'll be some cool camera work, at least. Who's the fucking writer? I'm going to check the writer very quickly. Uh-huh. Sean, when I'm checking the writer, tell the, the group what they... The... Oh, I got to check the email. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't do that. Uh, I would imagine, however, that Boardman, Oregon, have still... Still, Run- still number one in the US. Written by the same writer as Rounders. Okay, okay. Okay. Intriguing. Written, written, <gasps> Congrats. Written. Anna, what? your episode, uh, The Departed, has been published. Yeah. Um, wrote one Runaway Jury, a movie that haunted me for years. Oh, how so? Because I saw it in, like, my grandmother's house on, like, Channel 4. Sure. In 2010. And I could not remember the name of it, but I can remember the plot twist at the end of it. You know how hard it is to find a movie when all you remember is the plot twist? <laughs> That's very funny. And then we randomly put it on one day about a year ago. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. Wait like, a second. Like, that's a raven, like, flashback. And I was just like, I was like, mom, is this the movie I think it is? I've been trying to figure out the name of this movie for, like, 15 years. Nice. And then when it's, like, got to the twist, I was like, it's this movie. <laughs> uh, but if you want to, uh, like, share your thoughts on any of these movies with us... Or if you have any uh, movies that you only remember from the plot twist and you want us to go and try and figure out using our excellent detective skills. If you want to tell us how you think the ranking should be going. If you, yeah, if you've got any issues with where we have any of our movies, uh, you can contact us by emailing us at sinewavepod at gmail.com. That's sinewavepod at gmail.com. Uh, you can contact us on Instagram and Twitter slash X at sinewavepod. Uh, or you can get onto us at SineWavePod36 on uh, TikTok. There's so many TikToks of Matt Damon going around at the moment. Nice. Because the one of the kind of... I was saying this last week, that like the one of the scenes from Goodwill Hunting is like a meme. And I've been trying to figure out a way of doing that for this podcast, but it just feels like too much Matt Damon. Sure. You know? Oh, imagine having too much Matt Damon in this podcast. Uh, Scotty Doesn't Know is also becoming like a trending song. Fuck yeah. Uh, have I told you about my latest conspiracy theory? No. Uh, 47. Hannah did see a 47 earlier today. I was like, shut uh, up! And yeah. he was like, fuck off, Hannah. I, I, like, both me and Rian have been getting a bunch of, like, clips from The Incredibles on our Twitters recently. The Incredibles was trending this week. Yeah, I'm convinced there's going to be an Incredibles movie announcement, like, within the month. There was one recently enough. Incredibles 2? Yeah. That was, like, a long time ago. Recently enough. That was pre-pandemic. Recently? That's, tra- what, six years ago? Uh, Incredibles 2. Brad Bird is off fucking um, doing some shit. It was 2018. Yeah, so six years six ago. Six years ago, yeah. yeah. Brad, when was the last time? Was that the last movie Brad Bird did? I don't fucking That's know. That's him also being like, I'm sorry I made Tomorrowland. I'll make Incredibles 2. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't think... Tomorrowland was shit. I like Tomorrowland. I George did. was fun in that movie. Uh, oh, uh, the last movie he did was Incredibles 2. And then it was Tomorrowland. Yeah, and then Tomorrowland. He did... 
He directed Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol? What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, it's almost like there's another podcast we've stolen a lot of this podcast material nah, from that all rapper miniseries. Never. Um, but that is our shout episode. Shout out to March Madness. Shout out to March Madness. That's our episode. That's our episode. John, I'm so sorry. This is so long again. It's okay. I will, I'll deal with it. I'll get it I back. didn't think we were talking that much. And yet yes. we're at two hours 45. <laughs> it's just you know what it is. It's us getting better at talking about the fucking movies. Sure. The remaining section also is 45 minutes long. Yeah. Right. Anyway, we'll talk so to you all next week about Oceans. Farewell. Our, our last check-in with Danny Ocean, I believe. I'm sad that it's our last time seeing George until Monuments Men. So George starts direct. Oh, fuck me. We've got to go back to the George directing movies. Hey, the ones we've seen so far have been fine. Yeah. Siriana was okay. Did he direct Siriana? No, he didn't. I just thought he did. I yeah. don't know why he, I did think that. We, well, I thought that too. Yeah. Goodbye. <sighs> <laughs>rather full to being very full yeah. rather hungry sorry to quite full uh-huh. so my stomach's food like food coma time no food coma stomach aches sometimes oh really yeah that's, damn do you know why I eat so slow yeah if I don't I get a stomach if I eat quick I get feel immensely ill that's fucked up yeah that's why like um, like when I'm on trips and stuff I have to be mm. really strategic because if I kind of let myself get very hungry then I eat too quickly yeah I'll just feel awful for the rest of the day sure is that what happened in Berlin then I think so. I think I ate dinner too quick. Yeah. Yeah. The funness of having tummy aches. Yeah, everybody's favorite thing to have.